0: Hello everyone and welcome to State of the Realm, your weekly Final Fantasy XIV podcast. This week is SpoilerCast week. That means a few things. For one, on the Twitch channel and the YouTube channel, spoilers are now completely open for discussion and there will be no holding back as to all of the major plot points in 4.0 and that includes the very recently released Omega Normal, which we will also be talking about on today's show, despite the fact that I originally said we wouldn't, just doesn't make sense to hold it back. But uh, to join us for that, of course, we've got Sly, aka Sly the Fox, aka Sly, aka Grey Fox. How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing I'm good. Doing. How you doing? Good. Awesome. You doing good? Yeah, doing real good. You doing good, birthday boy? It was your birthday yesterday?
1: Yeah, had a pretty pretty fun fucking birthday. I I had dinner with Chat. It was it was amazing.
0: Did they did, did they him. fiddle your diddle afterwards?
1: You know, I, I tried. I tried to give him the uh, persona Barry you White. Tried treatment. That, I was
0: gonna say you better not say you tried to give him the diddle because that's 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 not. I don't think uh, it's allowed on Twitch.
1: Yeah, yeah. I gave him the Barry White treatment. I, I tried to like it was a wine and dine. I tried to whoop chat. You all know, right, it was, well. yeah.
0: You tried. That's was, that, that's all that matters. All right.
1: It, it was a good dinner. So good.
0: Of course, I'm here. I decided to introduce <laughs> Slide before me. So Michael, Mr. Happy Poveromo, doing that different for once. But uh, it's lore. It's story. So, there's one guest that people already know are gonna, is going to be here. Oh, no, it's Law.
2: Oh, it's me. Law. All right, let me, let me show here, this. I'm here, Ethis. I'm here. Look at me, hey. The, this. Hey, how you doing? How you doing?
0: What am I, a trucker? <laughs> <laughs> you got a purty mouth, boy. <laughs> yeah, that's Ethis joining us, by the way. What's up, guys? That's Ethis joining us you you have the two worst impressions so far at this. Your Mary yes. impression I- impression is even worse than that somehow,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and then that was just bad. I
2: thought that was. I
0: thought that was of course, funny. you thought, thought it was, was good.
1: So that so that was a that was a happy impression, right? Yeah, no, that was
3: a
0: impression. Oh, was it? That didn't. Okay, now it's yeah. even worse. Never mind. Now this is a worse impression. Well wow. because that was closer yeah. to a me impression. I yeah, think was, Sly, I think Sly and I both agree that
2: was closer to me. That, yeah, listen, I was thinking that, was, that listen, was happy. Listen, I got out of bed like literally 45 seconds ago, so cut me a fucking break. Right? The whole <laughs> intro took 45
0: seconds. That's this exactly. Seems, this seems like hyperbole exactly. to me. 47 seconds seems like hyperbole. There you go. All right. So hyper Bowl is the Super Bowl. Yes, that's like the Super Bowl, but it's with more hyper cool oh, there you go it's like supersonic hypersonic you know that whole thing
2: it's okay. like the blitzful too
0: i <laughs> know uh, no we're moving away from that so anyway uh this episode is spoiler cast where basically the gloves are off from this point on we mm-hmm. can completely say any name of any boss and any dungeon and any npc and any scenario that involves anything that happened throughout all 4.0 including the side quests with the raw including omega normal including the cutscenes after the credits for stormblood everything that is possibly able to be spoken about
3: Hooray. especially
0: the Kugane sightseeing log that has no useful information at all uh the one y'all at the, y'all can have at that one
1: y'all the one at the it.
0: top of the hostelry yeah i was like wow i was hoping for something <laughs> more informative when i reached the top yes you can say shinryu in the chat finally which has been like a banned word for me pretty much on my oh, stream dude. yeah because people are just like hey how'd you like the shinryu fight and i'd be like what? time out <laughs> other people haven't seen it yet time out oh, no. no you can't say blitzball chat you still can't say blitzball no stop it all right so let's do our best to handle this chronologically i didn't bother trying to send <laughs> okay. i didn't bother trying to send notes because we never do it chronologically we always start on one point, and they'll go. Well, this thing I want to say about this character—if I just mention this quest from seven levels right. later first—so it's not even worth it. Well, it's just gloves are off, so let's just start from the top and work our way towards Omega Normal, which is the most recent addition to the story. Does that sound good?
3: Mm-hmm. That's right. good.
0: Fine. So first of all, this was so good. Story. <laughs> <laughs> this was so good. Ethis and I got to talk about it briefly on Saturday because we did a we did mm-hmm. another podcast with Drac for Elo Chat. Mm-hmm. And we had some disagreeing points towards the end, but I think our, our net agreeance is that this story was just better. For mm-hmm. In almost all ways. Agree. So, let's start with the very beginning, which is basically going to be us moving into Alamigo and Rauban and Pippin. As much as nobody wants to talk about Raubon and Pippin, those are two of two pretty
2: major story points right mm-hmm. in the beginning.
1: Pippin more than Raubon, I think. Yeah, yeah
2: definitely well, Pippin more than yeah. Raubon but i was I was making the point the um, the other day that uh, these were actually really good
0: instances. It just sucks that they lasted seven minutes.
2: It sucks that they lasted seven minutes. It sucks that they were quite so early. But I'm just really, really hoping that um, the the community backlash, I think mean, it's pretty safe to call it a backlash. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just hoping that that doesn't dissuade them from doing these kind of story based single player instances in future because they didn't do many of them um in I don't think they did
0: well the heavens Word they had quite a few they had the one I where had couple, you had to protect the, a couple of them as well. well like they had, had two a, right in the beginning they had the sea of clouds one where you have to protect uh what's his mm. face from the Vanu-Vanu. you that's have the true. one where you track down mm. ice heart
2: that's true that's that's true actually that's that's a good point they they had they had a couple spread out um but i mean when, when people talk about, like, big story points in Heavensward... They don't talk about those. They don't talk about those. They, what they talk about is the Grand Melee. Yeah. And I feel like every single one of these was, like, on the level of the Grand Melee. Yes. Yeah.
0: Especially the Nadam when we get to talk about that later.
1: Yeah, I can agree with yeah. that. N- the D- so the let's, let's, let's talk about
0: what we were actually queuing
2: up for Rob on Savage, because I think people might have, like, completely forgotten about it. Because, that. yeah, they were just
0: so focused <laughs> right. on... On <laughs> what, what's what's the line Bond says that everyone knows by heart now? Something about Cartino? Uh
3: i sure I mean, the only... chat'll know in
0: two seconds. We'll, we'll know again. <laughs> so we we get there. We're following Lees into the fringes and eventually into Frolger's reach, mm-hmm. where the resistance mm-hmm. is set up, and we're establishing a connection between the Orzian Alliance and Alamigo. We're trying to extend our our assistance mm-hmm. to them to help retake Alamigo. Very quickly mm-hmm. on, it becomes about um, trying to, you know, maintain a presence, you know, say, hey, we have a presence here. And, re- and remind all the people that may not be, you know, so keen to resisting after what happened with Ilbert. And that's what leads us to Bond, because we decide to go visit our friend Grinwad again, who is
2: it's a- like all My was- name Dave came at once.
0: <laughs> Things look that impressive. was a good Grinwad impression. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Things look grim for us after Cartano. That's that's what Rao Bond says and then too many yeah. <laughs> what's I call my name <laughs> Um so that's where we have our Rao Bond instance is us taking uh destroying a prototype weapon that Grinwatt is uh is uh escorting away. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. is well, taking it
2: out for a test drive, basically.
0: And and we yeah. happen to be and we happen yeah. to it be, it'd be like, like all right, fine. we drove Best up of. in a Ferrari while they were in like a Toyota Camry, pretty much is how it ends up working yeah, out. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, and this, again, you talked about how this was a pretty, like, all these instances were pretty big. I think this one mm-hmm. in particular was hilarious for me because nobody realized you had to kill the prototype because everyone was so sick of the fucking cutscene where they tell you you're supposed to kill the prototype and in the yeah. actual text where it tells you to kill the prototype, that no one is like, mm-hmm. fucking. I'm just left to right. I'll start on the NPC on the left, I'll work my way right. I don't even fucking know what I'm supposed to be doing anymore.
1: And then people were failing it. Oh my god! Yeah, I kind of figured out halfway through, like, oh, oh no, oh yeah, I'm supposed to hit the fucking prototype. Greenlight will probably follow after that. So, yeah, it, yeah, I was, I was kind of tunnel visioned, basically from, um, from having to spam it so many times to actually fucking get in and get in and I'm like, okay, now what do I do? I didn't even He's bother to read. It's like,
3: like, oh, oh, what, do, what do I, oh. Like,
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, Basically. it happened to me too. I that's it took me like six minutes to get to the point where the prototype goes into the second phase because I was just like, I don't know, I just I'm him, I don't know. And then finally, I started attacking the prototype. I was like, oh, I just needed to attack this thing.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Feels bad, man. But uh, I'm glad to see. I, I didn't know that I wanted to see more of Grinwat <laughs> because of the way we were introduced to him back in, in three point five or yeah three point five five. But uh, it was actually yeah, pretty yeah. hilarious getting to enjoy him again as we
1: ventured through i honestly expect, expected to see a lot more Grunwat um, from our introduction to him he kind of seemed like a um, like a side foil so to speak not really not really one that you would um, be too concerned about but he it, he kind of had he kind of still kept that side foil kind of thing even with yatsuyu um, he was basically yatsuyu's bitch until he got called back um, but, yeah, like, I, I was kind of glad that we got a lot more out of Grinwot, even though
3: I would have loved
1: to learn a little bit more about Grinwot, maybe maybe finding out, and we had this assumption, maybe find, finding out that he was related to in some way to Rishantan, mm-hmm. but we didn't get enough context or information to even, you know, confirm that. So
0: apparently he was
1: actually based on Pete. What, like, from you know,
0: Mickey Mouse?
2: Mickey Mouse.
0: Pate. I mean, I could totally see that. He, in every way, every time he loses, he goes, Arr! and then he storms off pretty much. Yeah.
2: I, mean, I, I, asked, I asked some questions, and, and apparently he was actually very heavily inspired by Pate. And as soon as I found that out, I was like, all right, I love him. <laughs> Everything is forgiven, grinwald Come, come here.
0: <laughs> Until he becomes Bane later on. And then he's just like, Oh, you think darkness is your ally. He's
1: like, <laughs> All my name days have come at once.
0: <laughs> All my name days have come at once. <laughs> that was perfect. And then he just loses his goddamn mind. But, we uh, deal- but dealing with Grenwald ends up actually having way more negative consequence than it does positive influence.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know.
2: I think it was more that it had no consequence whatsoever. How so? Well, here's, here's the thing we we knew that um we knew that Xenos was going to go on the offensive. Like we could all see that coming from a mile
1: away. Basically. Right, But but I think it like without without our intervention in that instance. I don't mm-hmm. think it would have been as direct as it was. Like Zenas no, would I, have probably been a little less hands-on than he was after.
2: Well, what I, I think I think it's more the case that like he handed that victory to us mm-hmm. and his plan. I mean, they, they were talking about there was there was a point early on where they were talking about what he did in Doma to to mm-hmm. sort of lure the the rebels and he said oh yeah and he made it seem like they were retreating and then suddenly you know they were everywhere and we were like you know deep within en- enemy territory and he like you know came came to the fore himself and just slaughtered everyone he did exactly the same thing to us he lured us into uh Ghiribanya because mm. Daddy wasn't going to let him invade Eorzea proper for whatever reason. So he, so he said, all right, well, if I want to slaughter some people, I need to bring them into gear. Of um, so he lured us in. He, he fed us a couple of, you know, trivial victories and let us set up at Roger's Reach. And he knew damn well where we were um, and then brought the hammer down. And that's that's obviously what we were queuing for with Pippin. And... I mean, we can see it coming from a mile away, surely. Yeah. Well, especially after
0: the trailer. But uh, the other thing they do before we uh... get to Pippin, though, is they establish uh, Fordola over in Mm -hmm. the peaks, which didn't have Mm -hmm. her own instance like they did for Heavensward where they had, you know, Sea of Clouds and the other one. That's true. But we do get to see her first interaction, her and the Skull's interaction with actual Alamegans who don't necessarily agree with the occupation and again mm-hmm. immediately you see Alamegans want nothing to do with her and the Garleans mm-hmm. want nothing to do with her so she's just mm-hmm. under this constant struggle where she just mm-hmm. wants somebody to accept her and it, I feel like mm-hmm. it comes down to the first person who would have accepted her she probably would have sided with but because she was mm-hmm. raised in Garlian Alamigo that's who she had
2: well her unit was established by guys yeah because, because Gaius is um, unique among all the the Gale and legatuses that we've met, in that he he sees the value in uh, the people that serve under him, and he promotes them like regardless of their race, basically. So he set up this um, uh, this group. He set up these opportunities, let's say, for some Alamegan natives, which they seized, um, and they sort of were made to feel like they were making progress towards citizenship towards you know proving themselves to their imperial taskmasters and uh and in that sense gaining some kind of you know freedom through uh, uh respect and and through uh proof of their worth um but as soon as guys was off the scene that presence was not there anymore and they had they were like you know back to ground zero and so she she has this she has this rank she has this position but as far as the other Scarlett's officers are concerned. She only has that because Gaius was, you know, had this weird sort of nostalgic bent, and she has to sort of, you know, prove herself over and over to absolutely everyone. Um, so she's already been given that opportunity. That's the thing. It's not, it's not a case of her signing with the first person that gives her that opportunity. She's already been given that. And the person that gave that to her is now dead. Yeah. Um, so she's already committed, basically.
0: Yeah, and that's that's the important thing to establish, that she is already committed, because it plays into her relationship with Xenosia Galvis and the rest mm-hmm. of the Garleans as we, as we go through and watch her interactions with the various factions. To me, mm-hmm. as I predicted for myself, she was the most interesting character for me. I, I said going in, based on her in-between allegiance... Kind of scenario that I thought she would be the most interesting character to follow. For me, she did end yeah. up being the most interesting. Yeah, she was the most
2: complicated of the antagonists for sure.
0: And I'm glad that uh, her story's not done yet. And she's got a lot of uh, she's got a lot more to that she can do because of what uh, what happened to her later in the story as well. Mm-hmm. It's very important.
3: Mm-hmm. So
0: we establish Fordola, we establish mm-hmm. the skulls, mm-hmm. and then we get Pip and Extreme. Pretty much mm-hmm. where Rogers reaches attacked, we have to deal with Fordola, we have to deal with Xenosia Galvis, and uh, mm-hmm. you get an actual taste of, for the first time, a crushing defeat for the Warrior mm-hmm. of
2: Light.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Now, did this really bother you guys? Because we've, we've, this has never happened. This has never, never, never happened. Not, not, not since level one has this happened to us where. It- We've actually lost, and we've beaten. I mean, we've we've beaten bahamut We've beaten Nidhogg. We've beaten the Warriors of Darkness. We've beaten Thoradin. We've beaten every single one of these like you know godlike entities, and then we get our ass handed to us by, like a mere L- Gallean Legatus, of which we've fought several already, and they've never stood up to us. At this point, I was like, all right, there's something very not right here like what the hell is going on was that just me it, it-,
1: it was inevitable i think it was inevitable and in, like yes we're the warrior of light but we're not we're not one we're not immortal even though we have a blessing of light two um we've i want to say never faced an enemy like this i was gonna say um, the same thing but we never really faced an enemy like this. Well, we
2: so. we, we hadn't, but we didn't know why at the time. I was like, "What is what is this guy really?" Yeah, all I knew th- that up because we have fought enemies. You know, the, the 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 on on like an appearance level, we fought other mm-hmm. imperial legatuses that have spent their whole lives, you know, in the theater of war. Um, he's the same rank as Gaius. He's the same rank. As, uh, as, uh, buddy, uh, what's his name, regular.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and there's no reason why he should have been any different. So at this point, I was like, what the
1: hell is but going from a story, on? But from a story standpoint, you really think it's okay for us as know, the from warrior a story standpoint,
2: It had to happen. Yeah. It absolutely. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Happen. Like, we, but it was bothering me for, for, the, like, the whole way through the story. I was like, what
1: the fuck is this guy? Yeah, it, I'm kind of glad. I'm honestly glad it happened. It kind of, it's a dent in the hole. We're the game. warrior of light. We can do anything. We can mm-hmm. fucking kick anybody's ass. No, you can't. No, you can't. There's going to be somebody, there's the, always going to be somebody else bigger. So fucking good. Yeah.
0: The only thing that really pissed me off about that encounter is this motherfucker's level 70 and they just made these accuracy changes so like my combos keep getting <laughs> interrupted. Yeah, yeah. Nothing would
1: prop. Just yeah, and, like, added
0: to it. It's like, I kinda yeah. even
2: to what am I supposed to
1: do
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and he's level and he's level 72 so you're like do okay, I? I can't like I'm he's losing like eight health per hit do I and mm-hmm. then like you finally after getting him five percent down his health he goes all right well you're not worth my time this is actually this is actually just dragging on and he very just so very slowly just let me just mm-hmm. saunter up to you real quick while you're running mm-hmm. around getting those regen ticks like yeah. thank you story buff. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. please. I don't but want to stand in again, line we're, anymore.
2: We're talking about um, using these these single-playing instances as like a, a storytelling mechanic,
3: yeah. right? right?
2: I feel like that instance um, far more so than giving us like a cutscene or something like that in terms of distilling this sense of us being just completely helpless and the sense of despair and the sense of like the enormity of the task ahead of us for the rest of uh, the rest of the story to defeat this bastard was so was just so perfect was so heavy um, and they couldn't have done that in any better way. That's at least how I felt. I was so so impressed by this instance. It also eventually
0: lets us understand our growth better when we eventually face him further on and we're doing better but it's we're not all the way there we just kind of get to see more depths to mm-hmm. his power
3: mm-hmm.
0: and then eventually mm-hmm. it all culminates into the final instance but uh we'll mm-hmm. get to that when we get to it and we almost lost a lot of people to him when we first encountered him too you we goes. Yeah. well I mean more so important people because we lost a bunch of resistance people with no fucking names and then we lost like they Lin-
1: mattered too
0: no they didn't <laughs> we lost well one. Fun. We lost one major leader, and the guy looks mm-hmm. too much like Hildebrand for me to take him that seriously.
2: Well, I mean, he's been <laughs> in the game. He's, yeah, he's he's been around since two
0: Yeah, I know. I remember which NPC that is, but he didn't um, losing him didn't have. I was just like, damn, that guy got fucked up.
2: Yeah, I I felt I he I always had a soft spot for the Alamegans around Cormel because they had such a rough time having mm-hmm. the green wrath on them constantly and then having to rescue that guy Gallian, who'd sort of been injured and had gone, wandered off in the forest to die basically because he didn't want to be a burden. And then he ended up becoming the, the false Griffin and uh, apparently dying on Belsar's wall. And uh, yeah, I, I I got quite attached to that character.
0: Um, I, I couldn't get attached to, to what is it? Melfred? Melfred? Mephrid yeah. Yeah. I couldn't get yeah, we attached. didn't know
1: him long enough to get attached. we knew him yeah.
0: long enough we just didn't know him enough but I we
1: knew Monago a little bit longer not much so longer why.
0: but uh I, I liked yeah. her character more from what I interacted with her she was mm-hmm. she was less reckless mm. fight them because they're fighting us and more like preserve their resistance kind of preserve mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. persevere which mm-hmm. uh, is an attitude I, which is why I eventually came to like her more than the remaining leader who is also critically wounded but not dead. At this point mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. and then you stole went into critical care, and then
2: eventually cryo gets the captured. Noise? The noise that that blade going through her made, yeah, awful. Yeah.
0: Ugh, and then she just collapses, just like, oh.
3: yeah.
2: I was like, she's fucking dead.
0: I know, I knew she wasn't. She's fucking poster child for 14. There's zero chance of her dying there, but, but she, but the thing is. She
2: hasn't been recently, like they've No, she still is
0: me. in Japan. She still, I mean, is. I know she
2: still. I know she still is, but there was definitely a moment where I was like, "Oh fuck, she's fucking
1: dead." So she would have just got died and went to this That's still what we're going with. I mean, so that's where all the villains I mean, go. Half of the, half of the <laughs> cast of the city are characters
2: that died. Like, I don't have, I don't fucking have a problem with that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, but she's she's way too important to the branding over there for her to actually go. At some point, maybe, but not
3: Yeah.
0: She's got plot armor. (laughs) That's about (laughs) it. Well, except that fucking Xenos literally cut that armor in half. He's like, oh, this fucking shield you've been using in all these cutscenes?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I don't (laughs) think so. No, this is like, plot armor? That would not save you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice impression, by the way. Thank you. So we get through this, and now Alamigo and Resistance is pretty fucked. They need time to rebuild. Mm-hmm. They need time to inspire. They need time to rebuild, and there's really not much we could do for them unless we give them some time. Mm-hmm. So we're like, mm-hmm. well then, uh, how do we give them time? Let's go to Doma. <laughs> let's go. Uh, well, we were in the, the the Rising Stones, and we ran into right. yeah, we ran into mm-hmm. them and expressed interest in returning or going over to doma to uh join our friends and check out the resistance on that end do a, a war at two fronts which was the idea mm-hmm. which was kind of yeah. weird because we didn't attack at the same time
2: <laughs> well the idea i mean i thought that we were going to be doing like uh concurrent attacks yeah but the idea was that we were going to draw their attention away from alamigo for like a yeah. time for the Alamegan resistance to sort of you know gather themselves a little bit
1: and that went off a little too perfectly. I felt like had you know Xeno's just send a small garrison or anybody well, uh, back to it, was, it all went to Xeno's plan. That's true. Yeah,
2: exactly. That's the thing. And uh, this this is probably a good time to talk about the character Xeno's actually. But but so much of the the pacing and so much of the like the actual like possibility of the plot going the way that it did relies on Xeno's character. Because if there had been another Legatus there that was more like, you know, by the letter, you're right. They would have just fucking stormed uh, straight into the fringes and just wiped out everyone hanging around at Castamarians. But Zenus was not about that. He's, I mean, he's a psychopath. Obviously, we can all agree on that. Right, right. But this whole, everything that he's doing, he's just trying to feel something. Yeah. He's trying to he's
3: he's basically <laughs> trying to
2: groom he's trying to groom his victims to the point where they can sort of stand up high enough to make him feel something when he cuts them down. Yeah.
0: Right. Or when they cut him down
2: as Or when they cut him down, and he doesn't care either way. Yeah.
0: He just wants to he's literally like Dexter. Who's just looking he's just looking for that thrill, man. Otherwise he feels nothing.
1: So um, basically in Al Amigo, he was just bored. What you're saying. He was just
3: bored. Yeah.
2: The whole time he's bored. literally, he was literally just bored. That's why he lured us into invading Giribano, because he was fucking bored and he was hoping that maybe this warrior of light or someone among this invasion force might be able to give him a boner. Um, Mm -hmm. and we couldn't. Uh, but he saw that there was some potential in us, so he was like, you know what? If this guy suffers a bit more. Maybe <laughs> that, was, that was that was what he was about. Every single time he encountered us, he was like, he was like, these guys are all pathetic. This guy, has got potential. So maybe if I, it, it's like it, it, it's horrible. It's like if he, if he just sort of electrocutes us or hits us with a stick enough times or whatever, maybe we'll get riled up enough to entertain him. And it does eventually happen. It does eventually happen, but that's why he never bothers invading Castamorians. That's why he didn't wipe out the 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 Doman Liberation Front, because he could have. He, he, he surely knew where they are. That's yeah. why he left Domen's alive, because he was hoping that one day, you know, they would teach their children how to hate him, and one of them would grow up to be, you know, a warrior that might be able to stand against him.
0: Makes you really wonder how many times his dad beat him with a belt when he was young because Jesus Christ. That a few times. <laughs> I imagine it's a few times. His father <laughs> didn't see him all too destroyed. He's like, well, he's a fucking idiot, so good. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, what happens? So, mm-hmm. after we get to see Xenos' brutality, he even kills the general who reports to him that one of his own was the one who lost the prototype weapon. He's just like,
3: oh, yeah. i like cowards. Done. Oh. hmm
0: so, uh, yeah, you're dead. <laughs> just straight up murders the dude right in front of everyone.
3: He doesn't like cowards.
0: And then we go on our way to Doma. We obviously hit the uh, we hit the, the part out in the Siren Song Sea. Where can I just, can I just the take snack.
2: the opportunity here? It's a point out that I called. Yeah, like, but we agreed nice. with you. Yeah.
0: yeah. We all pretty much yeah. agreed on that.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. I'll give it
0: to
3: you.
2: I don't want to make it like a whole, because honestly, I felt like this story was very predictable. And I think that it was good that it was predictable because it made like a good sort of framework through which to explore the characters, mm-hmm. um, which was something that previous stories that Final Fantasy fourteen has told were lacking a little bit, was kind of that character development, that character interaction. I mean, we've always made this comparison right between fourteen and fifteen. that fourteen has got like the awesome like, you know, big picture stuff, you know, awesome world, awesome lore, awesome history, but the character interactions are really weak, whereas Final Fantasy XV seems to be the exact opposite. Well, I think Stormblood is the point where 14 proves that they can do, like, really, really good dialogue, really, really uh, good character interaction and character development, and this sort of predictable narrative, which it mostly was quite a predictable narrative.
3: Yeah,
2: like I guess it provided a really, really nice framework for those interactions. Um so yeah, Siren and Sar- Song C. Kaveh, That was that was an awesome little I, I really like that we finally gotten like a really hard acknowledgement about Carveyane's uh past as the heir of Dan, that we do literally just freaking blackmail him. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's so good. Cause he's a great character.
0: Yeah, we didn't we didn't get to uh explore it too much, but it, we at least got the acknowledgement mm-hmm. to some degree. Right. Um, so we finish Iron Song City, we get to Kugane, and for about a level or so, it's about learning the politics of Kugane, you know, the uh, mm-hmm. not-allowed-to-fight-in-the-city whole kind of thing, and, you know, mm-hmm. having to deal with the, uh, what's the unit called?
1: The Kasi... Oh, the Sekese Gumi? Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 they're, they're yeah.
1: Because they're this yeah. version of the Shinsengumi,
3: and I thought Absolutely. that
1: was like, amazing when I first saw them like, wait, yeah. that's the fucking Shinsengumi. Yeah. Like, you can look forward to a video.
2: <laughs> Hashtag plug. <laughs> um, yeah, that was really cool. What, what I thought was um, was really fun was the fact that the East Alvinar Trading Company was already there. And they've been there for a while. Yeah. Um, so uh, to explain for people that might have like skimmed over it, the East Alvinar Trading Company is the Eorzean equivalent of the real world East India Trading Company, basically. Okay. Um, it's Lolorito's business. It deals in worldwide export and import, um, and they've got uh, a large office in Kugane, which ooh, I think it's safe to say they've had for a pretty long time, because we know that even before, uh, even before the Battle of Silver Skies, Lolorito was negotiating with the Ghanaian Empire. He was trying to negotiate uh, like non-aggression treaties and like free trade and stuff like that. And I can't help but imagine, given that the company offices and the Garlean consulate are on the same freaking street. I can't Im- I can't help but imagine that those negotiations were happening in Kugane. That's which is really like ongoing,
1: like ongoing, like right no, now. No, no, no. I
2: mean I mean like back then, we're talking like twenty okay. 20- Lolorito was was already invested in Kugane and and playing this sort of, uh, you know, this political game there. And it seems that Kugane is like the world's sort of, I, I, I don't know how you describe it, maybe the world's like Singapore or Hong Kong or um, something like that, I guess. What I like the idea of is that basically
0: if, if we had lost to the Garleans and they had invaded us, Lolorito would have been like, all right all All right. I've, all right. Hey, <laughs> m- hey, hey, Bill, how's the wife and kids? You doing all right? I saw, last, I, saw I saw you last Saturday, right? Well, I mean, you guys run well, shit now,
2: so. That's why. That's why we were. We were wondering. We were asking. Um, oh, what's the name of his rep over there? I can't remember the guy's name. Hancock. Bond Hancock. Yeah. 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 Hancock. That's right. I've um, been uh, He Hancock.
0: Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Dude. He's, he's the all. Sorry. He's all the comedy Some man. Gay
2: he's great he's really good um yeah so we were wondering like okay well why is lottery interested in helping us then what could he possibly want from that and it's basically uh he thinks that a free derma would be great for business yeah it's one more and person to trade big, with. honestly and honestly that's i mean it's the same it's the same reason as why he foiled the assassination plot against Nanamo because he's like, well, uh, an Alamigo, uh, sorry, uh, an Uldar in turmoil and in civil war and stuff is, is bad for business. Lolorito is one of like the the major contributors to the safety and security of Eorzea like over the last 40 years. And it's basically- but for
1: just, self-benefit.
2: It's good for his export and import yeah. business. It's like, if I can export and import, to Doma without having to do it through the Garlands, then fucking great. So if there's a chance that you can free them and make that happen, then yeah, I'll support you under the table.
0: And he does a pretty good job at it. And they don't trust them at all. They don't, they don't trust Hancock. They don't trust Lola Rito, They don't mm-hmm. trust, they don't actually trust pretty much anything in Kugane because they don't know anything about how Kugane operates. Even Tataru, yeah. when she goes to do the same thing she did in Ishgard, where she goes to talk to people, they're just like, well. they're like, please don't fuck it up again. <laughs> don't get arrested. Yeah. Don't don't yeah. get in trouble asking questions. Just do it right this time. Yeah. And
2: there's a lot of that to reference back though,
0: to their original adventures in Ishgard where they got in a lot of trouble trying to learn a new government and everything.
2: Which was really nice. It was really cool. Oh, um, see, he's like, so, a, what? Tell me more. So basically, we head over there because the only uh, contact point we have is Yigiri and go we say, all right, well, we can't do anything else until we until we find them, until we work out where mm-hmm. they are and what they're doing. Um, so once we uh, establish content with the East style Trading Company, we're basically going around town asking people if they've seen. Them. Um, and we found out that Gosetsu in particular has been seen around and that he was basically trying to get passage to Doma. The problem is, that the garlands on the down low have a bounty on any and all domans or anyone trying to get to the the mm-hmm. um And he was drawing some attention to himself by asking around. And we realized that he basically ended up getting into some trouble there with, uh, what is this stupid little catfish bastard? I hate those things.
3: <laughs> the the Giotto? No, no. Giotto. Giotto. Well, that's, that's, that's their, that's their uh,
0: that's, the name of that's one of the names that they like Gurei, Like that's part of their naming scheme. Mm. What
2: are they called? Su it's a Sue or or The Namazu. Uh, Namazu. Namazu. Right. That's it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I don't know the exact naming convention for the for the uh, the nama The Namazu, but um, mm. I think uh, G Y O is male mm. or something mm. like that. Uh, something along those
2: lines. I don't know. Yeah, it seems like there's there's like G Y O G Y A. I'm not sure about that. But basically, he's uh, he's been selling people to the Imperials who are trying to get access. And he gets fucking um, booted by Elise. Straight yeah, up booted. Yeah, he gets fucking dropkicked. And that was amazing. So um, basically, we find out that the Garlands tried to take Gosetsu and that caused a big stir, and that if there's any fighting at all. Anywhere in Kugane for any reason, the say Gumi either arrest you or just fucking execute you on the spot. Yeah. It's so more like, oh shit, the say Gumi have got Gosetsu. Oh no, we're gonna have to work. Oh no, we're gonna have to bribe someone. And then we find out that he's just like made friends with them.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Basically he what he he fought, um, he made a bet that if he fought 10 matches and won. Was it a hundred? Was it ten or was it a hundred? I think it was, it was 10. ten in a row. It, it was ten, yeah, it was 10, 10 in right? a row. And if he fought and won he would yeah, get released. Oh, was, I thought that was pretty bold. And,
0: and also the second of ended up respecting him in the end because they were like, oh, yeah. it, despite the circumstances, it was a pleasure to watch your swordmanship. Yeah. So they almost, like, obviously they'd self to up with They're still like, don't fuck up again, but, like, you're cool, all right?
2: Hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, so that was that was really cool. Um, and then Gosetsu told us that Yugiri had basically gone on ahead and found her own way there i mean we can swim why can't she it may take like
0: nine minutes to get across the zone but it's a long way to swim yeah (laughs) when you were going through the ruby sea did you ever like pick up a quest and then you're like all right i'll do this as soon as i get like the next main story quest done and then you Uh, find uh, yourself halfway across the fucking map you're like that was an ether current quest no
2: i gotta go all the way back i've done
3: that i I think i'll I'll do this
2: So soon as I can fucking fly. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so we meet... Uh, um, Soroban. Soroban, yeah, Soroban. The first of the Kojin that we meet. And he's and great. He, he's very uncomplicated. We're like, why are you helping us? And he's like, oh, because I want to trade. trade. I want to trade with the... Aeosians,
0: I want to trade. with, trade with anybody. Tree. Nobody will anybody. trade with with his tribe of the Kojin because of their affiliation yeah. to the Garlands. The red uh, Kojin's affiliation yeah. is, is, yeah, the, is the blue. Are the is ruining yeah, yeah.
2: The, the reputation yeah. of the blue Kojin. Yeah, and and we take him to see uh, Hancock, and Hancock's like, yeah, fuck, we'll trade with anyone, whatever. We don't need to. We don't need to do a background check. That's fine. Um, so Sorobin takes us to. The Ruby Sea. Yeah Where we where the Confederacy uh, Yeah where Gosetsu fucking hands himself into Steppies.
0: Hands himself into Yatsuyu and almost causes a bit more trouble, hey. but we eventually we eventually overcome those issues with the Confederacy. And this is where we get introduced to Yatsuyu as we go it's around true. the different islands and mm-hmm. we we explore sort of what our options are for uh for dealing with the Kojin in the area who act as mercenaries for the Garleans and allowing the Confederacy. This is actually the first nation, in a sense. Not really a nation, mm-hmm. but an organization that we take back from the Garleans, and that's mm-hmm. the Ruby Sea is completely free to the Confederacy after mm-hmm. our implications mm-hmm. there of dealing with the Red Kojin and the Garleans that are on
1: that front. Mm-hmm. Basically, uh, I thought, like, pretty much the Confederacy, Confederacy are going through the same struggles as the Alamegans. It's just they're a little bit more... Their hands are less tied than the Alamegans. Like they, they were free to do what they want, but they were still limited by Garlean it was occupation. A blockade, really? Yeah, yeah. Infected. That's all it was. Because the Garleans and, wouldn't
0: recognize the Confederacy's uh,
2: law for
0: crossing
1: yeah, the and, and, and they're
2: not letting anyone else pass through. Yeah.
1: And so when we kind of call it what it was, liberated the Confederacy. It it mm. actually felt a little bit the same as in the future when we do for Alameco.
2: Hmm, that's interesting. The the, the Confederacy was uh, a very interesting group to me because when I first encountered them uh, Mm. on the media tour, I was like, it looks like this is like a new organization that's been set up for people that have like, you know, fled Dome or whatever, that are just like trying to survive out of the Ruby Sea. And uh, I didn't realize that they've actually been around for a very, very long time, Right? Uh, probably like a thousand years. Um, and uh, they're they're kind of like what Limsa of was like in the early days. They're just kind of a loose collection of pirates with a sort of unwritten kind of code of ethics, basically. But they never got around like building a city or anything. Yeah, the the sea was their city to them, pretty much. Well, yeah, they've got got, got these little settlements around, but I mean, that's what I was going to say. Right, is that they, they seem to have been around for basically at least as long as Lim- Limsa Lominsa has. They've got no city. They've got no fleets. They've just got a, a couple of little fishing boats, um, and they're they, ah. Uh, I just uh, they suck. All right, <laughs> they're, not, <laughs> they're, not, they're, not, they're not all that great. They, they, they could learn an awful lot from Melweb, and I'm really really excited for a future patch where mm-hmm. Limsa builds them um, a fleet. <laughs> Because
0: they need it, and the big thing with them is also um, they kind of just existed because nobody ever tried to make them not exist. Like they mm-hmm. just one day said, "Well, this belongs to us, and mm-hmm. if you want to go across, you need us." Yeah, so, but yeah. even
1: in even with their interaction with the Garleans, the Garleans basically said, "You exist because we kind of allow you to exist."
2: Yeah. Because they're not a threat.
0: They're not because, a threat. Yeah. They're such a small unit. There's literally mm-hmm. nothing they can do. They're not. There's nothing to conquer. They can't right. encroach on Kugane for any yeah. for any sort of reason. And that may be seen as an aggressive move towards Hinga- the Hingashi region, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which wouldn't work because then they'd be at war with pretty much any nation they had trade things with, like Favner, the like over in Kugane, and we know they have mm-hmm. a, a, a a trading a trading uh, what's the word I'm looking for treaty. With Favner mm-hmm. and some of the other names, that that's it. There's that's mm-hmm. gone if they ever encroach Kugane. And honestly, after seeing the Sekisagumi fight, even I don't even know if the Garleans could really deal with that because the Sekisagumi were way more threatening than any Garlean ever was in any cutscene other than Zeno's for me.
3: <laughs> well, I think if, and if
2: you've the done a quests, quest, yeah, the Sekisagumi got pretty much obliterated. Right yeah, because
0: whenever. they were because it was they all had they had a plan. Yeah, they had the whole plan with with yeah, uh, their like leader. most
2: of them. I'm dead now. (laughs) Most. 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 Don't forget about Kugane Castle also. So, the Galans are not interested in conquering those pitiful little islands in the Ruby Sea. Mm. However, they're employing a beast tribe as mercenaries? A beast tribe? Very much against... Official, Everywhere. like, imperial mandate to be fair, it was not set by the current emperor, and I guess mm-hmm. we can imagine that it was the, the current emperor that started employing the Kojin. Um, but I found that very, very strange, and I what can't help but right. feel like it was, it was like a solution to the, the whole like primal summoning thing. It's like, well, they can't stop the mm-hmm. thing working for us, right?
1: Yeah, wrong. Well, I felt like that at like that agreement, whatever the agreement they had the Red Coach, and I felt like it was really loose. You, you saw how quickly it dissipated once we um once we defeated Susano. I felt like it like it was there wasn't really any paperwork involved or anything like that. They just said they just said basically, you know it wasn't loose. It's just
2: the Garlands didn't quite care. understand. The the (laughs) the coach we're about is that, okay, we've got got this treasure vault. Mm
3: -hmm. Um,
2: This treasure vault represents our pantheon. All Mm -hmm. of our gods are in this treasure vault. Um, If we have to join the empire to protect our gods, fine. Whatever we have to do. Um, When we realized that, we said, all right, well, all we have to do is get into their treasure vault and there's complete fucking chaos because... Their their uh, employment with the empire, their their uh, agreement with the empire is entirely requisite on this stuff being safe and secure. And as soon mm-hmm. as it's not, and
0: and the Garleans not knowing about it, their faith yeah, being the Ga- hidden the Ga- from Ga- the Garleans.
2: Yeah, they don't. The Garleans don't know about it. The and Garleans just think they're just greedy bastards who want the money and you know will do anything for it. Yeah,
0: and instead they're just like, well, since they don't really pay attention to us, they just call us when they need us, as long mm-hmm. as we are able to go collect these treasures that represent our gods, then we're, yeah. we're that's that's our status quo.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And it completely backfires on... It starts... At first they're like, holy shit, we have an actual god. Like, we knew all the mm-hmm. shit was, was with gods, but then we walk into the treasure vault while we're in there, and an actual god who's pretty, uh... He's, he's, pretty good, he's, well, pretty pretty well, he's pretty well-mannered, actually. He's like, oh, he's I, lo- I, I love revelry.
2: Let's fight. <laughs> the, the, I, love uh, <laughs> I love
0: fighting. <laughs> I love fighting.
2: I love it how during the fight, he like tells you what the mechanics are. He's like, all right, everyone, come over here with me. We're doing this now. <laughs> Coming now, make way,
1: make way! Yeah,
2: he's literally like, "All right, we got it. Come on, come on, let's go, let's go over here." He re- he re- he respects
0: like even combat. He's not looking for like unfair advantages in combat. He's he's looking for I a-, a good fight. He and Rufino
2: would be
1: such best bros. bros. Yeah. Yes, they would be, they would be very, very good
0: bros. Um, but even leading into that, we still get to learn a lot about the Ruby Sea before we actually get over to the Kojin mm-hmm. and their vault mm-hmm. and all the stuff we've mm-hmm. talked about. Because we we learn a, about Yugiri and her underwater Aura tribe over in a Sui Sunato, uh, Sonato.
1: Yes! Uh, mm-hmm. I thought this was amazing. First of all, meeting Yugiri's parents. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. Didn't see that coming. Um, yeah. yeah, I really didn't see that coming. Uh, finding out that she comes from an underwater tribe of Aura.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Who... Um, I forget what their story was and how um wait there were i don't think they were exiled from the azim step what was this
2: no they well they they i don't think they were on the azim step because they're not sailor they ran yeah mm-hmm.
3: uh, basically, they're not nomadic,
2: basically yeah, yeah.
3: okay
2: um basically uh, an ancient war mm-hmm. on the mainland uh forced them to to flee and the only place they could think to flee was under the sea <laughs> it's always better down where it's wet to take from me just <sighs> huh? me, Is this me? Yeah. i'm
0: I'm, I'm, um, I'm more of an aladdin guy oh okay
2: fair enough Yeah. I understand that when they're okay. escaping an age of blood so the age of blood an interesting one the um hingans refer to the age of blood a couple of times as being like this this sort of period of like war and strife between the the mm. warlords on hinkashi it may or may not be associated with our umbral eras and it may or may not have also affected Othard. we don't actually know
0: sly you're looking like you got some, something on your mind right now not
1: necessarily about this, but I was okay. reading something. All
0: right, yeah, because I could see you. I, I know the focus face. <laughs> yeah. I I know it when, when there's it's like attention. you really yeah. want to say something. I was thinking of done. this
1: in regards to um, the Ruby Princess, mm-hmm. uh, which we which we um, I hope you did.
3: Okay,
1: you, had to cool. do it you, you had to do it. Done. You had to do it to unlock Shisui. Yeah, the story of the Ruby Princess was interesting. Um, when when i first started it and like you kind of go run the dungeon get like see everything see the ruby princess herself um i kind of i kind of got hints even though it wasn't it of um assy involvement like that's yeah like, the it first.
2: was definitely i mean th- this is this is sort of a tangent from the main scenario mm-hmm. but it was definitely a case of uh assy some minor in his uh, done some void sense shit at Shisui. Mm-hmm. They and love doing void sense shit. Well, they love staring, they love staring up chaos. And the thing is, like, they haven't had to for us or for the Garlands or, or any of that because a little kind of put that all in place with the whole mm-hmm. uh, Hilbert thing. The thing about the people in Suino Sato is that they're never, they're so isolated, they're never gonna get involved in our right. wars and i mean they they didn't so they're like a really good target for less Asians who are like well, oh, how can we how can we stir them up they're so comfortable how do we introduce like a little bit of chaos to this um so that's basically what was going on there yeah.
0: Yeah. so uh we get we get to go to sueno sato uh, mm-hmm. we work our way through with the confederacy and eventually working our way to rescuing Gosetsu. And uh, mm-hmm. basically, we've, like I said, we've officially recaptured the Ruby Sea, it belongs to the Confederacy. They feel comfortable in assisting us going forward to Doma because they have something mm-hmm. to believe in for the first time in 25 years, pretty much.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So we, we move our way into Yanja, where the mission very quickly becomes to find Lord Hien. Um, and we find out Yugiri has spoken to him, and he's basically said, If my people want to fight, I will. If not, mm-hmm. give my head to the enemy. You mm-hmm. will not fight for a nation that does not want to fight. Mm-hmm. so that becomes pretty much our entire purpose from this point on is finding him and building an army that can actually retake Doma
3: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, yeah. there's a lot of very personal points here it's hard to it's it's easy to nail them down individually between when we find Hien to his relation with Kasetsu and Yagiri and there's a lot of individual mm-hmm. points that if we try to hit them all we'll kind of be here all day That's true. Yeah. Um, but general gist of it is that after a very brief point in the awesome step in their hidden rebel base we spent a lot of time in azim step and that's really for me still one of the highlights of stormblood story because i love the azim step definitely the alra tribes and their relationships with each other had excellent storytelling and world building there is also a very important set of side quests that i highly recommend you do in the azim step that goes into deeper relations with the alra tribes there well, this is, yes, like all of
2: the side quests in there, are really. But there's good. one there's yeah. one in
0: particular what's that... Which tribe? The one the one for the Ether Current quest. As you continue uh-huh. that, as you continue the quest that unlock after that, you'll get into... you in to have to
2: remind me which one that is. Yeah. I've done all of uh, what's the name
0: there. of the house in the
2: north that it takes you
0: to? I can't remember right now. The too many things north. going on. There's an empty house that's, that's not used for anything other than a quest. And the implications of that it has in the side story quest is... Uh, mm. Is quite large. Um, the mall, there you go. The mall. Yeah. Oh. There you go. The House of Coins. Is the House location. Of the crooked. Thinking.
2: Yeah. House thinking of, the, of, the, House of the, Coins. the House of the Crooked Coin. Yeah. House of the Crooked that's Coin. More that, that's more that. cave with those weird like artifacts. Yeah.
0: yeah. So there's uh, there's all those points to hit on, and I highly recommend mm. to anyone if you skipped a bunch of side quests in the Azim awesome Step in particular because you just want to do the main request. quest. That's one of the locations worth to go back and actually do the side quest if you're interested in a lot of the world building. The world yeah, building There's aspects. a lot of
2: really, really great lore in the Asim step. And even just talking um,
0: to the NPCs there is something worth doing if you're interested in more.
2: Absolutely, yeah. I was, I was really, really stoked to see their interactions and see how we sort of fold. I mean, we literally become the the author Genghis Khan. It's ridiculous.
3: <laughs> that's, yeah. so that's, that's literally
2: what we do. It's 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 fucking fantastic. It's really awesome. But it re- it really was like the path of least resistance. It's like all the riders are sitting around a table, and they're like, "All right, what's the easiest way that we could have these tribes um, fight for us?" It's so, like, "Oh, well, uh, we just have a like a you know a battle royale, and whoever wins it is the leader, and that's how they choose their their leadership, and they do it every five years or whatever. just fucking win that." Hey, it's and coming just, up. It, how convenient? Yeah, oh, how convenient. <laughs> um, but I, I really love because with all the other groups, it's like, all right, we've got to, we got to sort of convince them that, you know, that we're worth in, that they're going to get something out of it, that we, we got to sort of lift them out of their, you know, their despair and their depression or whatever. Whereas yeah. for the Zayla, they just fucking love to fight. They just really, really love to fight. And they're like, all right, fine. You want you want to, you want us to fight these dudes? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, you prove yourself. Fuck it let's
0: do it yeah go to bardum's medal and prove you're you're capable of entering the nadam and then they're yeah, like and they're all right listen you the- fucking not zela come on come on we know you went in come on pretty much and then they try to bully us around and shit it yeah. doesn't work at all <laughs> we end up just shitting on them pretty much for the entirety mm-hmm. of for the entirety of the nadam because they ain't the warrior light they don't have mm-hmm. this automatic regen for 2.5k every fucking three seconds like I do. It's, they don't stand a chance. I really uh, like the regen.
1: Who did you uh who did you find both of you? Um which tribe interested you interested you the most?
0: Oddly enough, the silent tribe. I like the idea of, of a tribe that doesn't say anything, but everyone knows what they're saying.
2: Right. I was way
0: into the it's
2: the Kestiri, aren't they? The
1: ones yeah, the Kestiri. Yeah. yeah, the Casteria they're the ones who um, the
2: were both very interesting. Yes. Um, so the, the, the Kesteri, uh, they literally have a messiah complex. It's amazing. The Zaler are supposed to be descended from Namar, the, mm-hmm. the, the Dusk the Mother, yeah. basically their version of Nemea, whereas mm-hmm. the ran are supposed to be descended from Azim. Um, but the story of the Kesteri are uh, that... Uh, Azim, who was Namar's lover and could never sort of be united with her because they have to be on like opposite sides of the world, otherwise they, you know, there is no world if they converge, um, basically made the Kisteri to be this tribe that would look after and protect and, and, and you know, rescue uh, the poor defenseless tribes of Namar.
0: That's the Oranir so
2: in the chat, not the Kestir, by the way. Oh, the Oranir. Sorry, sorry. I, I apologize. We're talking about the Oranir, not the Kestir. Um Yes, that's the Oranir. Um, yeah, so they have this, this massive superiority complex, which informs everything about their culture, uh, which is awesome. It's really cool. And then we've got the <laughs> that believe in reincarnation, but they also believe that only the most powerful warriors get reincarnated. And that was really, really interesting to me because it immediately made me think of the echo, and the fact that we know that a person who has the echo can sort of persist between different bodies and stuff like that. And it's like maybe somewhere in their past they had a dude that had the echo and then died and then came to inhabit like another body.
1: Well, it, well, if you um, well, there was the one quest you did for the Dothal that kind of made you think about the naming, well, the naming of the Dothal and um, because there was the uh, I think he was something of seven swords and you go yeah. along with him and he finds out like he's shit with a sword but mm-hmm. really fucking OP with his hands mm-hmm. and you have to go to another tribe to kind of dissect and find out that maybe they just yeah, they,
2: maybe they got it wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe they fucked up and you find out that you know, every generation of the same the same Dothar has had a different uh speciality. One was swords. His is fucking hands. I think they said one was out uh, really good with a bow, if mm-hmm. I remember. But yeah, it like the story. The Sword of the story of short tall were really really interesting. Mm-hmm. I think the and, other one. Oh good. No no no. You uh, go. no. And I was wanting a little bit. I don't think I spoke to enough. I can't remember what the the name of the uh, the tribe in the cave is. I think were they the ones who poured the uh sam for the um. Not the notom, um, yeah. yeah.
2: So I can't I can't remember their name, but basically they yeah. believe that they used to be really really greedy and that they caused some kind of calamitous event, which may or mm-hmm. may not have been a calamity, um, and that they had to punish themselves for it, basically. Mm. And then they had to spend like the rest of their existence denying themselves and punishing themselves for it. The other one that was really interesting: is that the the mole, so the ones that we were fighting for, mm-hmm. um, they did not worship Amar and Azim. they worshipped little kami, which they thought were like in the land and around the place. And they had uh, basically this sort of wise woman who was the interpreter of the will of these kami and instantly was like, all right, she's a fucking Pajal. Like she's doing the same shit as the you are doing. These guys are worshipping elementals.
3: Hmm.
2: In a sense, yeah.
3: yeah.
2: I really, I really think that's like, that's probably what's going on there. And I, I wonder if that's going to lead somewhere. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's in one of the Disciple of Magic the quests that people have done them. Um, but uh, I thought that was really interesting too. But anyway, the point is, Azim step, was awesome. Go and do some Zayla side quests. Uh, we won their battle royale and became their Hagen. You know, their, their their grand leader, their Genghis Khan, effectively. And we said, "Hey, you guys like to fight? Let's go fight some Gauls." And so they were like, "Sure, all right, all right, fuck you." I mean, you're right. We do love to fight. Let's do it, Yolo. <laughs> yeah. And- the, 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 oh, they're like, I no, don't no, no, We, no, no Yolo. No, we could. We can, Good. <laughs> real real quick
0: also shout out to the like the 10 part fate for the for the banner they have to do over in the uh, the north side of the map I found oh, yeah. I, I, I zoned in on the tenth part and just did that so <laughs> it's a really long fate chain like I think it's wow. the longest fate chain in the game if you try to do it yeah, from beginning to end. Yeah, uh, I didn't but all this time, we've been getting between the Ruby scene, between our short trips into Yanjan, the Azim step, as we encroach on Domo, we've been seeing Yatsu's character evolve this whole time. We uh-huh. we mentioned her when we started getting into the Ruby C context, but then we kind of skipped over, and we see how there just a lot of batshit crazy people that we're dealing with right now. <laughs> she yeah, she much. and Zeno pretty much the eye to eye on one thing. They pretty much just want to feel things. They're pretty much on the exact same level. She she feels something when a Doman dies. She doesn't feel anything. There's like There's a, a reason dies. for that. Yeah, but there's they, a they, But that. that's still that their core aspect of both of them is they want to mm-hmm. feel something. They feel empty inside from whatever life experience they had. Her life experience is we get a very detailed, you know, chronological oh, yeah. series of events of what happened to her. Mm-hmm. Zenos, I we don't know like, what Daddy Dearest did.
1: Yeah, I kind of felt like we got a little bit more. For Yatsuyu, than we did uh, for Fordola. That's why I kind of felt like I understood Yatsuyu a little bit better, even though with context, you can kind of see what Fordola went through because it's shit, it's all around her. Yatsuyu was a little more, and I'm kind of glad that. that um she was us... sold
2: into prostitution.
1: Sold into mm-hmm.
0: prostitution, forced to marry for great wealth, and then eventually made her yes. own way as a, as, a Doma, as a spy for the Garlands and Doma. Yeah, but
2: I mean, I mean, i i i hate to i hate to say it but like that's that's
0: it as in that's all that's all her developments like
2: what what she became Mm -hmm. was in i mean you could you could understand you were like all right so that's the way that she is but in no way did that like justify the extent
1: no no she's a a fucking terrible person like, yeah. not, I mean
2: I mean but I mean like I mean like what happened to her should not produce that in like right. any any normal human being like there's something fundamentally fucked up about her
0: yeah so much so to the point where she has a boy shoot another man then tells him to shoot his parents and then shoots him mm-hmm. when he tries to shoot her and then has him shot and he tries to shoot her and yeah. she's just the whole time like oh, that's exactly what I wanted because i've I've been hearing a lot of people
2: trying to explain, you're like, oh, well, she's just trying to survive, and she's doing what she has to do to survive, because, like, she, no, you know, she grew up no, on the street. Like, no, 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 it's got nothing to do with survival for mm-hmm. her. She just wants to get off.
1: That plus, okay, that combined with her history. If you went through the same shit that you, like, she went through family-wise, I'm not saying you personally, but mm-hmm. you went through the same shit she went through family lives, family-wise, family-wise she, she like anyone would fucking hate their own people. Like they as badly as she got treated by her own people. And and people a lot of people are gonna draw the comparison with from her to Fordola. Uh, like pretty much along the same lines, but a little bit different. I feel like Fordola Fordola had her reasons too. She did it for Alamigo. She
3: only mind.
2: did it for herself. You'll, you'll, yeah, she only did it.
1: She only did it her for herself, see, there was right?
2: no high calling There's right. absolutely no high calling. Right. That's the difference between her and Fordola is that Fordola has some some sort of code. Like, she feels like it's all for something. Yeah. Whereas yours is just completely nihilistic. She's just a psychopath.
0: Yeah, for me, it's like, yeah, I get it. Like, her mother died and her aunt sold her into prostitution. That's not mm-hmm. all of Doma. That's her fucked yeah. up aunt exactly. and, fa- and the family exactly. she had around
2: that's her. Not, that's not, all right, let's commit
0: genocide. But
1: she's been through the underbelly of fucking Doma. She's seen the worst. She's been under Nick think- too, but that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, but she's
2: not. She's. She I'm of W. So <laughs> like garbage. I'm so like if garbage. that was a cultural thing, if that was a cultural thing, mm-hmm. Germany, that was like a cultural problem. She can't be the only one that went through that, and yet she's the one that sold out the resistance and sold out her king. And mm-hmm. uh, like I say, there's nothing. There's nothing in the game for her except for. Herself and her own pleasure,
0: right? Yeah, and what ultimately it will culminate to is what happens at the very end of Doma, where she almost goes from completely psychotic to feeling like a person for about two fucking seconds, which gets really strange in the time that we see her. But also, grinwat has been assigned to her bitch for his fuck ups back in mm-hmm. Girabanya, or his mm-hmm. fuck up, which is the Bon extreme, and he is uh-huh. still obsessed with defeating us so he even interrupts the nadam right after we've won right after we've allied with all these people he's like all right perfect time for me to get my ass kicked.
1: yeah best fucking time <laughs>
2: well, to be fair to be fair, he, he probably came in and was like oh look they're fighting here's a really good opportunity to kind of get in there and like we we just managed like our timing was fucking perfect yeah yeah i feel like he was so he was so close to like catching us with our pants down but never, because Pete can never
0: have his way. It's true. And at this point, he's he's failed so many times that the only redeeming factor they find for him is to is to send him to Garlean scientists to turn mm-hmm. him into basically a mindless machine of death, with like all these additional gadgets and and whatnot.
2: Well, his value is that he's so he's so hungry.
0: Yeah, he's he wants you dead at any cost to his sanity and his and his well being. Yeah. So much so to the point where he gives his soul to the scientists who modify him into what is basically a shell of his former self.
3: Well, they just pumped him full of ether,
0: basically. And gave him a fucking chainsaw. Yeah.
2: They just did the paint on him.
1: They like, just pumped him full of ether. I'm going to be honest. At this, the first time I saw Grinwatt like that, I immediately hmm. thought of your Type Zero Shia LaBeouf. That was the only thing I could think of. So did I. It's the same
2: character. <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, he's back!
1: Oh no, after all these years." <laughs> and um, when you um, when he when we first get introduced to the doctor who does the operation for um, um, for Grimlot, um Allis, yeah. Did you get any? Did you get any uh, Hojo vibes? I I mean, I
2: did, but I think that that is going to be just like the archetypical Garland scientist. Like, I don't think he's gonna be important. I mean so with much, what
0: well. well I mean what happens. I didn't expect him to be a dungeon boss eventually. I thought he was gonna go Me on either. after after everything happened and go on and and have the resonant campaign. And then just Yeah, I don't I don't
2: think it. I don't think he's important. I think he he is just one among hundreds of Garland scientists that have got their hands on that's what the, the AUS but-
0: that's what the AUS thing is. It's for scientists specifically, right? Alas, yes. Os, whatever his last name was. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
2: That's uh, uh, scientists and like medical technicians and stuff
1: like that. But I don't feel like every Garlean scientist is that kind of fucked up. That was kind of that was a pretty simple. Ho-Jing I don't know. I
0: think we've up. seen enough of Garleans that all the pure blood ones seem to be pretty fucked up at this
3: point. I think. I think
2: the only like they're either like that or they've defected basically. Yeah. Like hmm. there's no there's no middle road. For a Galahid scientist.
0: Hmm. Like the ones that go, the like, all, like, we've got two batshit crazy ones and Nail and, and, uh, and Xenos. We've had Gaius, who's tempered and actually probably the most normal of them, or the most human of the ones we've encountered so far. And, well, Varus, Regula was a little bit
1: human as and, well. And,
0: yeah. So we've, and then we've had Gaius and Regula, which valued human life over, over the mission yeah and then we have Var- Varus who's kind of somewhere in between where he shares some of e- each of their values in a sense or he's mm-hmm. almost passed his values on in different ways to each of them where he seems mm-hmm. human at times but at the other times he's a completely brutal you know emperor over everything so I, at this point mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that there's plenty of other scientists that are as fucked up as, as, as Aulus. yeah there's too mm-hmm. many fucked up people up there is this, to deal is with this a good time to talk about
2: the resonant in broader sweeps
0: no, because we still haven't made it back to Alamigo yet. Okay. But we will right. get there very soon. Because at this point, we've got our Aura army. We've got the Confederacy. Mm-hmm. We've got the mm-hmm. Domens who, while they t- originally told us to fuck off because they just wanted to live, um, uh-huh. they've, in- they've since been rallied to actually take up arms Well, they've been rallied because they saw
2: the Lord. bravery of Yuri going off by herself to try and assassinate Xenos.
0: Yeah which is no pretty way. much where we oh. get our second rematch and we actually get him down to like 50%. And he's like, oh, shit. Well, I just got this brand new sword thanks to thanks to Yatsuyu. Let's, <laughs> yeah, uh, let's fucking fuck some shit up real quick. <laughs> and then it's the same thing as it was before. where He's like God-tier powerful and you get him down 5%. He's like, eh, all well, fight's over.
2: Yeah, all right, I'll see you guys later.
0: <laughs> but at this point, he's convinced that him letting you survive the first time was worth it, so he's convinced letting you survive yeah. another time will be worth it.
1: Didn't he yeah. tell you to grow stronger yeah. in, this, in this instance? He's like, grow yeah. stronger. Yeah. yeah. But he was
2: going to kill all the villagers until we got some smoke bombs in there and he's like, ah, oh, fuck it, whatever.
0: It's not worth my time.
2: <laughs> they'll, they'll
0: all die eventually anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, also, he doesn't really take joy in killing weak weak rats like that. If he's doing it, it's because he wants to make someone else stronger, and he doesn't yeah, see exactly. killing them as someone, something that's going to really bring yeah. out More power from us or or Yugiri or any of them,
3: yeah. Yeah. And
0: is like, What are you?
2: Hello, to be fair, this this (laughs) happened before we went to the Azim step, yeah. The kind of scope, past that, yeah. Um, yeah, so so we've got we've got our army, we've uh, the confederates showed up, the Kojin have showed up, we smash into Doma Castle, we flood it, we deal with Grinwat, we deal with Yatsuyu uh gosetsu holds up a fucking building over his head after getting shot three times um and we're like oh and we just sort of stand there and talk to him for like another 10 minutes
3: <laughs> before we just run that, out
0: that shit was like he was like i can't hold this forever i was like dude if i never go to the next part of the cutscene i'm pretty sure that you can yeah. <laughs>
2: there was a lot more dialogue after that it's like all right now everyone's gonna say goodbye <laughs> i was like there's some sad uh, moments there, man. It was a very sad moment. It was really, really upsetting. I was like, oh, no, go But go you know, so his arc, like, through the Azim step um, and through, like, Youngshire and stuff like that and, and talking about, like, how the only reason that he was still alive now, the only reason, like, he had a will to live was so that he could kind of redeem himself for his past mistakes. Basically, he was only
0: living to give his life, in a sense. Exactly, you get a little, right. to find,
2: like, a point to sacrifice himself. Yeah.
1: And you get a little bit more context with uh, Gosetsu within the Dotharal the side quest as well. Yeah. If you
0: do that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yep, you do. And also the, the drinking scene with him and Hien is also a really big one. Yeah. With Yugiri creeping in the corner. Yeah. yeah. That's uh. That's probably... That was one of my favorite voiced cutscenes overall was when him and Hien were drunk. Just because... Yeah, that- we found um, out that they're mm-hmm. emotional drunkards. You know, some people yeah. are, are wild drunkards. Some people are, you know, the "I love you, man" drunkards. Like, I just wanted to let you know, dude. But to be fair, goth drunk is like
2: not that different from goth sober. He's got a bit of a slur, though.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and he's more he's open a, about also. his purpose. He was a lot more yeah. open about his purpose in the in in his mm-hmm. drinking than he was yeah. outside of his drinking.
2: Yeah. And, I mean, that was so clear cool for Shining Light like, what was going to happen in Terminal Castle. It's like, all right, he, want, he wants to die. He wants this to be, you know, the last thing he does. He wants this to be his legacy. And it's sort of what makes, what comes after. It, give, it, gives, it gives us some opportunities. we will talk about later for what I think they can do with his character development, which I think would be really, really, really fun. But we'll, we'll come to that.
0: Yeah. Because after the drinking scene, we get the attack, which goes exactly as planned, minus the final detail, where after we take out Grinwat. Yatsuyu gives us her whole life story and then shoots Gosetsu after trying to bring the building down on our heads. Yeah. And And then uh... does cry. Yeah, that was the weirdest thing. So she, she goes, most crazy bitch face you could possibly go. And then, and I was just like, are you fucking kidding me right now? You're gonna fucking cry after all that?
2: It's like, what do you, what do you want?
0: <laughs> I was, I was kind of shocked. I didn't think, like, she clearly wasn't dead. Mm-hmm. And I had, I, when I saw, we we couldn't find Gosetsu's body. I pretty much predicted what would happen later.
3: Uh-huh.
0: Um, even though I watched the cutscenes like yeah. after the pla- fact, I still got to see them well, I mean, in a row. It's not-
3: but-
2: Again, if there's not a body, they're
3: not dead. There's
0: not a body, there's not dead. That's that's the bottom yeah. line. It couldn't find his body. They couldn't find Yatsu's you know, body. Just
2: heading into ether or being buried in the ground. they fucking dead. Yeah, pretty much. Maybe then, you got Hildebrand. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> He's a bit of a special
0: <laughs> case. Uh, and with that, we've we've liberated Doma and Lord Hien, who we haven't really given much time to. We've had to kind of glance over his facts in the grander scheme of looking at things like the Ozium Step and Yatsuyu. He mm-hmm. uh. He himself, it was a pretty cliche story for him. Uh, but that being said, he was a pleasure of a, a character to uh, watch evolve. A very yeah, uh, he's a really
2: great character.
0: A very, uh, a very uh, human character in a sense. You know, he yeah. he didn't he didn't do anything that was too noble. He didn't do anything that was batshit crazy. He was just like, you know, I have a nation. I want to protect it, and you know, mm-hmm. I want to I want to do this for my father. I want to prove I'm a worthy successor. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure having right. a character like that, very very one dimensional, but not boring.
2: He's like Amuric without any of the bullshit and the restraints and the politics.
1: You could and you could definitely see that in the um, in his speech after you know liberating Doma Castle. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he just starts out, we're, we're a bunch of sorry sex of shit, mm. apparently. Yeah, that's all there is. Yeah, and, Yeah, he really keeps it real. And like, I feel like, like you said, um, Emmerich kind of sugarcoats it. Ian keeps it real.
2: But Emmerich, again, it's like, I reckon if you stripped all the bullshit off of Emmerich, because Emmerich, like, he grew up in Ishgard. He's got, like, there's there's a certain game that you have to play. Mm -hmm. Ian is someone that kind of grew up learning that game, and that game doesn't exist anymore. So, like, he's got all of the the qualities of Emmerich, like, as a character. It's just like he's allowed to be human, which is something that Emmerich could never do because of his circumstance.
1: Plus, he, and, he was humbled by the situation. I don't think Emmerich ever had a situation where he was humbled, other than, I guess, the run in with the dragon in his early years with Astinian. That would probably be it. But yeah, he wasn't yeah. humble. Humbled. Oh, fighting
2: fucking Vita there. Yeah. And meeting Christ Velga and meeting Mid Godzormer. <laughs> he got mm-hmm. he got humbled a lot
0: of the time, but he it was more yeah. like he was he was open to the truth way back when mm-hmm. like he was like, Well, this is so that's not how it is. Like he wasn't gonna argue that you know thousands of years of history said otherwise so that it wasn't true. He was like,
2: yeah. You know, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I thought that I thought they were quite similar characters. Yeah. Um but he he and he was great, and I'm really interested yeah. to see what what happens with him he's great um so we take back doma
0: we destroy mm-hmm. the castle to do so something that mm-hmm. only someone as courageous as hien would think to do yes fucking flood it we don't if we can get rid of the if we could destroy the castle to get rid of all the garlands i'm down mm-hmm. I, I don't give a shit cojan go plant some explosives at the bottom and have a good yeah. time it was great getting to watch the Kojin with the Confederacy with... That was really, really nice. With, yeah. with, it was, like, so many different... Like, everyone had their specialties. Expected. It was, like, units in an army that was perfect. Expected, but
1: nice, yeah.
0: Even the it's, fucking it's residents with their pitchforks. And Garland was like, Oh! <laughs> these bad guys! What a,
2: uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's something that I, I've always wanted to say, like, in Eosia, with us, with, like, the base tribes...
1: Like no, a, and the like more of a more unification, I guess. Well, more in yeah. the main
0: story because we get the side story quest where we have the one tribe you know, we go to, me. and this was we get yeah. the one tribe in the main story. So we're actually yeah. fighting alongside Ananta, we're fighting alongside Kojin, and it's not yeah. so it's not so black and white. It's not tempered versus untempered, at least not at mm-hmm. first. It's yeah. literally you know s- subjugated versus you know willing to fight
2: for freedom. Well, even. We've been steadily blurring the lines between, like, what is a beast tribe and what is a, you know, human
3: mm.
2: race, um, establishing that, you know, we can summon brambles, and that, you know, and that they can sort of, you know, trade and negotiate and kind of participate in, in our various uh, societies or whatever. And we finally gotten to the point where those, uh, that line doesn't, the distinction doesn't exist anymore. Um, and I think that's what, uh stoneblood is demonstrated
1: and I, I really really enjoyed that well you know like i was gonna say unification has always kind of been a theme in 14 with um fucking alpha with alpha. the, the failure countries. to achieve it has been the theme. yeah <laughs> yeah i'll agree with you there failure well i don't even say failure i mean
2: um well where have we succeeded in, in unifying anybody well, we have
1: now with the and Alliance.
2: Yeah, yeah. L- would Yorkian you count alliance, the which sh- shatters like glass whenever one of the particular city states has a localized problem? That's yeah,
0: true. Uh, true. guys. Nanamo had uh, had loose stool today. We can't come to help fight against Almia. I mean,
2: yeah, exactly. And before Stormblood, that's how it was. And now with Stormblood, not only is the alliance. Uh, Really, like, actually, united for the first time. But so, so are, are these beast tribes, and I thought that was fucking amazing. Was and weird.
0: the Orzian Alliance didn't neglect the help of the beast of of the Ananta. Yeah, they didn't just and, write and, them off as beast tribes. Yeah. That yeah,
2: yeah, and it makes me think, like, okay, so the um, uh, the Cogent, a specialist sappers. Maybe in four point X, we're going to see instances like. Uh, the Ixali performing the function that they're actually created by the Elegance to perform in, in terms of being like this sort of aerial attack brigade or something. Like, I wonder if we're going to bring in the other Beast Tribes and, and make it not not only about consolidating uh, Ghirabanya, but about uniting the rest of the, the, the you know, few disparate parts of Eorzea together. If that's going to be a major theme of the next few patches as well, which I really hope it will be.
0: And now that we've liberated Doma, and uh, mm-hmm. we're hopefully going to be liberating uh, Rabinaster and Dalmasca in the twenty-four man series, which is the working theory. At this, has that I one hundred percent agree with, and that will be, and that those three city states, Rabinaster, Dalmasca. There's one other one I'm thinking of that also is an evil east that I can't remember, but um, I don't know if it exists. Is there, is there another one? There's other ones in evil east, but they're not like because uh, what's it called? Uh, Dalmasca was at war with the Empire in twelve, and then mm-hmm. uh, Rabbanaster was stuck between the two in the final battle. Yes. So, yeah. uh, um, regardless, those three city states—Doma, Rabbanaster, Dalmasca, hopefully become the mm-hmm. East Alliance, mm-hmm. which would be a, a very solid homage. And when we get to yeah. talk about Omega, let's let's be clear here: they are very clearly reaching for one hundred percent accurate homages to. the other fight they're not fucking around when it comes to like a callbacks to the other games at this point no it's they're going fucking full throttle when it comes to this
3: Mm -hmm. yeah
0: so uh that'll probably be where we go from there because of they said they're going to have uprisings in the other nations Mm -hmm. pretty much and then we go back
2: is going to be more focused like on the alamigo and the domer and the alzio yeah
0: And then we have two united fronts that uh, Mm -hmm. if anyone gets attacked, the other one can assist, which we'll again get to see later when we get to take back Alamigo. But now we're going back to Ghirabanya where the Alamigan resistance has had its time and the Orzean alliance is in place to assist with the push, uh, with the immediate push to Alamigo while Mm -hmm. their forces are kind of still trying to figure out what their next move is. Are they going to go back and focus on Doma? You know,
2: why is is, Zeno's back? there's one really, really important thing which I feel like a lot of people missed in here because I was constantly getting people asking me, well, why didn't they just send uh, the other uh, the other legions to Almega? Why was the 12th legion only there? So immediately after taking back Doma, and dispatched uh, Shinobi to pretty much every other occupied city in the Empire to stir up uh, rebellion and conflict. And basically keep the empire on their toes keep their garrisons ready and basically make them unable to mobilize any more forces than they already had in birabanya for fear that if they took anything away from one city that city would suddenly become embroiled in a in a full scale rebellion so that that was another like really really important point for the story and it will be moving forward the fact mm-hmm. that. Uh, Hien has sent his agents to start lighting these spot fires all across the empire.
0: Yeah, and that's going to be and and because we're at this point, we got to be thinking that we'll be working more directly with the Garleans or against them from Mm -hmm. this point. Like Mm -hmm. this can't just be a point that ends here. We we we're way too deep at this point for like the war with them to be not necessarily over, but put on standstill, going to 5 point zero. I'd be hard pressed to think that the war against them is is going to be any slower paced for the next four years than it is now. Mm -hmm. But now we're back in Ghirabanya and the plan is, you know what, everything's in disarray right now. We know Xenos is back. Let's push as Mm -hmm. quickly as possible before they can go like, well, let's make sure nothing happens over here, while they're mobilizing Mm -hmm. and trying to come up with their Mm -hmm. plans. And that's where we move in, we deal with Lakshmi, which was summoned because of some douchebag fucker who killed the daughter of the of the head of the of that tribe and thanks well it's the
2: garleans for doli yeah so what so what happened there is um uh which uh which castor was it uh it was the one that they fired on oh that's not
1: abania no
2: no no they didn't
0: fire on abania it's the tower to the northwest of abania
2: Anyway, so basically they were, they were occupying that, they realized that we were going to attack it. So they took one of the uh Ananta Kalyana had, uh, Sorry. Uh no, no, it was a Casper It was the one That's in the it. peak. That was the one in the peaks. Hmm. Um at least I think it was. I'm, I'm I'm not saying it might have been Velodina. Um yeah, it might it might it might, it might have been uh Castell and Velodina. Anyway, um, it's not here nor there. So they, they took one of the Kalyana princesses hostage because they knew that Ananta were fighting with the Alamegans and they saw no distinction. And again, this is the same mistake they made with the Kojans, like not learning enough about the Beast mm-hmm. Tribes, they saw no distinction between the two different uh, factions of the Ananta. And they said, well, hey, if we're holding them prisoner, then it means that the Kalyana can't attack us from behind. Because then they, then they would have been um, sandwiched, basically. And they didn't yeah. want that to happen. They took a prisoner. Um, and while they were escaping for Dollar uh, dollar with this prisoner, they had uh, an altercation with a Kalyana during which one of her officers panicked and, and killed the princess. And the, the queen basically freaked out, became inconsolable, and boom. And begged Frown. for her
0: daughter to come back. Yeah. But sure enough, Sri, Lakh- Th- sh- uh, Sri Lakshmi mm-hmm. made her return as a not-snake lady.
1: No, no, you mean Cobra Commander. <laughs>
0: Cobra Commander. Listen, sh- sh- she she is a snake. She's a snake. She, but she's not a snake. She doesn't have any tails. No. No. Okay. Uh, and, once, and this is pretty much the most generic part of the whole story, where it's like, well, Primal's here. like this is (laughs) like this is the primal story that's been told a million times it just got told with four under four dollars situation but it's like well there's a fucking primal
3: (laughs) just give us a snake
0: just give us just fucking here's a primal she's tempering people she doesn't want to listen she's absorbing Mm -hmm. ether just just get rid of her the knots aren't listening they're upset that we killed her it's the same fucking thing we deal with every tempered race pretty much we got to watch the tempering and that was that's oh,
2: Tries to talk him out of it, you know. He gets tempered, doesn't Temp- work.
0: Mm-hmm. Doesn't work. Yeah, that's 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 it. That's like literally the most like a realm reborn story has been pretty much this entire time.
3: Yeah, it was fine. It, it was worked
0: fine. out okay because at least the, the, the they they presented it better than they did with like Ifrit. Mm-hmm. I think if I'm going back, Garuda was yeah, probably yeah. The, the best of the summonings and the and the temperings because of what they did with. You know, the other beast tribes in terms of mm-hmm. giving up their energy. But it still was like, I was like, all right, I don't, I'm not particularly interested in this story because it's been told a million times before. Mm-hmm. I'll just, yeah, give me, just give me a hug, Lakshmi. Give me a hug. Give me your alluring embrace.
3: Uh,
2: Sly, what do you give me that look for? She ain't got no titties. no, bit- I noticed that as well. She's a bit flat. She's a snake, dude. What do you want? Sin is probably
0: probably so proud of you right now. (laughs) For involving (laughs) yourself in one of Sly's uh, Sly's, I wasn't cutscenes. Sly's Sly's shenanigans.
2: Sly's (laughs) Sly's. cutscenes. Well, he
0: wants more cutscenes. That's for fucking certain. I hate you, dude. So uh, then this is where things start to get... uh, We've been building up Lisa this entire time. We've pretty much not spoken about her this entire fucking show. But the whole time Mm -hmm. she's been with us, growing as a character, helping you know, between helping liberate Doma. But it isn't really till we get back to Banya after she's seen Mm -hmm. Doma liberated and she knows what's next. She knows like kind of what her role needs to be in the next Mm -hmm. part, where we actually get to see her really, really grow.
1: Mm -hmm. Honestly, I felt like um, even though least kind of headline in terms of character development how they got a
0: lot of character development yeah like a fuck the thing is all these new characters that they had to develop from scratch we've we've been focusing on because alphano alize and Leese are characters that while they're growing they're not new and as new and exciting as some of these mm-hmm. other characters are until way mm-hmm. later on like alphano and alize they hit their peak in the binding coil like that was where we got to see the the peak of their relationship, and now it's just kind of, I feel like that's where we got to see the peak of it. I don't feel yeah. like, I don't feel like the Warrior of Darkness or this is really
1: Maybe for my interest him. as
0: much. Well, the thing
2: with Gabu was a big point for Alize. Mm-hmm. Um, with the the, the baby mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And And that is what uh, basically inspires her to try and talk the Ananta down which nearly gets her tempered mm-hmm. that was like a really important beat for her that's something that she's kind of been carrying with her all this time mm-hmm. uh, i honestly feel like most of alizé's uh development has been off screen it's been in that period between when we saw her in coil and when we she returned mm-hmm. yeah when she returned having learnt red magic and fucking everything else
0: I mean like i said there were character development points especially when she's handed the sword that uh from orion j who pre- pre- yeah. crafted it specifically for her because it's like you got to stop yeah. that book pro thing is that's not working just yeah. get get that yeah, out of here if you're good. gonna use a sword anyway use a fucking sword all oh, right don't worry
2: we'll talk about we'll talk right well we
0: haven't time. hit that point yet because he actually has not been in the story yet like, we mm-hmm. haven't gotten to the point where he, where, where our, our boy Astinian has been involved yet.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, so, uh, where are you going
2: with that? So, we've dealt with Lakshmi. We've dealt with Sri Lakshmi. Mm-hmm. And we're pushing into Girabanya like, so rapidly that at this point, you can't help but wonder if we're not making the same mistake again and being lured into a trap. We but are, gonna... it just
0: doesn't go successfully. It doesn't go as <laughs> successfully as it could have.
2: Well, Xenos Zeno's is just part of that, past that point. He's like, no, I'm just gonna let them come to me. He's like, he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't care about any of this anymore. Yeah. He's busy preparing for his sesh with the Warrior of Light. <laughs> like, none of this war means anything to him anymore. Basically.
0: No. Yeah. That's why he has he has no issue issuing orders to kill his own men. He's like, and at this point, it, it's it's anything at all. He just doesn't care. Yeah. He can kill some people along the way, fucking awesome.
2: Well, well Fordola does really, really care and is really, really important. Because Fordola's in the position where, uh, for her, what, what freedom is for the Alamegans is being acceptance. recognized as as full citizens and equal citizens of the Garlene Empire. For her, there's, there's no alternative to that. And for her, she's kind of been committed to that for her whole life that, um, that there's nothing that she won't compromise on. And that's, that's why like she fires her own people and people like, all right, at that point, she's a complete scumbag. The problem is that she either does that or she concedes that everything she has done to that point has been for absolutely nothing. Pretty much. Um, so yeah, so basically she's ordered to fire on her own people, um, to, to take out the tower and she does so and she does so basically for the benefit of her own people because she thinks that if she doesn't do that then all the progress she's made is uh is completely redundant and that's a really important thing about her character is that she's past the point of no return and then even we do end up facing her um and trying to like convince her no no we're actually going to do it we're actually going to free alamigo um she she, she knows ex- at this point
0: she's so far beyond that even if they did that there's no place in her for a free alamigo
2: Mm-hmm. well not she just doesn't think that that she, she just can't believe that that's what freedom is
1: she, she doesn't agree with the way it, yeah.
2: well she just thinks that there's no that there's no getting through the Garland Empire yeah
0: especially with uh, after she learns of the little resident project which mm-hmm. she learns about just before in a few scenes before she fires on the tower where we see Kryle's been captured she gets called a, a pig which uh, was yeah. great for the Lolofell memes. It's pretty funny. Yeah. And yeah. then that's where we learned that uh, the Garlians are actually extracting the ether from ether sensitive beings like Kryle and basically well, not... infusing it into their own race to give them <laughs> they're the are not, not.
3: they're not extracting it
2: from Kryle. They're using they're using ceruleum. Right. Um, to to uh, inject it with ether. They 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 basically they started by um, experimenting on uh, Alamegans and, you know, like other races, basically, to try and um, uh, basically bolster their, their mm-hmm. body's kind of natural ether and their yeah. ethereal conductivity. And they worked out that they could do that to garlands, And they were like, hey, we can actually take these garlands who have absolutely no magical aptitude, and we can just pump them full of ether um, and turn them into Bane. Basically. Yeah. Uh, when they captured Kryol, they basically so so this 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 goes all of this goes right back to the, um uh to Azizla. The kind of stuff that they found at Azazla, particularly the stuff at the Ethereochemical chemical research facility, they've actually taken a lot of that back with them. And the whole time that we've been kind of stuffing around with the Dragon Song war on that they've been working on developing new uh, new weapons and new serums and new techniques. Um, so they've worked out basically the genetic code for the Echo and much like the Ascians can artificially give the Echo to the Sahagans as we saw in 2.2, the yeah. Garleans have worked out how to do that. Uh, they've done that to Xenos, they've done that to- Fordola. Uh, Bordola they've done that to who only knows who else but finally we have an explanation of why Zenos has been handing uh our ass to us because he he has the echo artificially
1: yeah so what do you consider the uh what do you consider the hyper tuned from um Castro Banya because they like you you see the pods and mm-hmm. it looks like they're kinda of undergoing the same thing, kinda held in almost the same pod that prowl is up.
2: So the, the final the final boss in uh Castro the big green guy. The Inverno, I think. That's being pumped up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he when when he dies, um next time you kill him, take a close look at him. He's got the Garland third eye. He's a Garland. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
0: He yeah. is uh, he is very much experimented on, even mid fight.
2: He's a Galan, yeah. But he's not—he's not like a monster or like a Rogainer. He's a fucking Galan. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's—that's that's what they're doing. Yeah. They've—they've they've built their own equivalent of the ether chemical research facility, basically, and they're pumping out super soldiers. And the—the the pinnacle of that, I mean, it's funny because it echoes back to Regulus when 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 Regulus like, uh, literally falls on um, on. Uh, Zorvan's sword to protect Unakalhai is like, no, 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 the Echo is going to be the secret. It's going to be the answer to all of this. Um, and they've kind of carried that forward and the Garlanes have worked out how to actually give people the Echo artificially. Um, so that is why Xenos has that sort of pre-conscience, uh, that, that that ability to kind of block um, Yugiri's attack without even seeing her coming so he's basically uh us if we were being pumped full of ether artificially
0: instead so we just we just it. grow our ether normally and then we come back and kick his ass yeah,
2: basically
3: so but but well
2: no we don't we we cheat to be
0: fair we do cheat as well i mean yeah we've cheated so many times hey Nidhog, yeah i got his eye yeah
2: i'll give it back much. but for now <laughs> pretty much i'm good but but that's that's and I'm glad that they did explain it like this, because I'm like, it cannot just be that, oh no, Zenos has had superior training or whatever. Because that's that's fucking bullshit. Because we've we've defeated gods. We're we're so far beyond what the Galians are capable of. And this is the only thing that could possibly ever top us. And they've done it. And I I it was it was so awesome. I was so stoked with it. What's
0: especially interesting is the experiment being done on Fordolas so and she's not she's not someone who is garland she has magical aptitude technically mm. being from mm. of Alamegan descent. So the effect mm. on her ends up being pretty much twofold of what is expected on on actual garlands who have no magical aptitude. Mm. Granted she she was actually unkillable if we didn't pull the ether out of her.
2: Yeah, that's like right. That. So we used Even uh, without the operation?
0: Well, no, without the operation, we, we kicked her ass. With the okay, operation, I was, I was, she literally... Okay. Clarified. she is literally like Wesker from fucking Resident Evil.
1: That's what everybody said, yeah. She yeah.
0: can see attacks coming, her body reacts without her really even needing to think about it. She can move and think faster. Mm-hmm. She can see your mm-hmm. next move into the future. She can see into the future, pretty much, mm-hmm. with her artificial
2: echo. Yeah, exactly. She, yeah, she's she's a Jedi. Um And, uh, yeah, we, we beat her because J remakes, uh, Moonbreeders' Ethereal Siphon. So basically, we're pulling the ether out of her body with a Ghostbusters vacuum cleaner.
0: Yeah, and every time it's just, every time she gets a little bit back, just absorb it again, pretty much. Until we literally beat her into submission where she can't even, like, there's nothing, there's nothing left in the well, pretty much. Yeah. And I'm interested to see where, if, if there's any sort of uh, residue of that left in her, because she's still alive at this point, being held captive. She has the Echo. Yeah, exactly. She has the Echo, so where she goes next yeah, is...
2: what The the, the Echo... It, I mean, you can go one of two ways with the Echo. You can either be something like us, or you can be an asian basically. Yeah. So... No, there's 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 a couple spots open on the Asian roster at the moment <laughs> that she's eligible. Laha yeah. L- L- yeah.
0: L- L- Brea needs a replacement now.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I'm being quite serious. Um, the alternative, however, is that now she's going to be having this kind of echo flashback. Like, when we so- see someone in suffering and we have an echo flashback and we experience everything that, that, that they've experienced, and that that has uh, basically produced most of the War of Light's character development since Realm mm-hmm. Reborn, um, Four, that could completely change for dollar being able to have that level of empathy with with other people which is what she's been lacking all this time um, that could completely change her character so at the moment she could go she could go either way she could become uh, another isael or she could become another La Habrea. it can go either way and I'm really really excited to see what they do with her character but either way we rescue her we rescue Cryle, Um uh what 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 happens is something else
0: important. You we, we we skip past the giant cannon that Astylian so gracefully right. yeah 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 mm. so just he's
3: like
0: he's in, I'm in the
3: neighborhood. Yeah, he's in the neighborhood.
0: He's got a, he's got a new set of armor. He's got uh he's got Nidhog weapon. He's got the same weapon. It's just bathed in Nidhog's blood and it listens to him now. So no, I
3: don't I don't
2: I don't know if it's so much that it's like he's he's been mind melded with Nidhog. And when he comes out of like his coma and all that, when we talked to him at the end of the Dragon Song War, he realizes that he and Ninhog are basically the same. It's like their motivations, their, their, their life, um, have been parallel to one another. This sort of overwhelming sort of thirst for revenge and like nothing else existing or whatever. So he's, he's come out the other side sort of feeling this kind of pity for Hog mm-hmm. and this sort of complicity with Ninhog. Um, and, I mean, the fact that his spear has been so, like, drenched in Nidhogg goo that it's been basically transformed, um, that's, like, the, the object of his sort of uh, dialogue. But Nidhogg now is is the, the voice in the back of his head, basically. It's his conscience. Um, yeah. And his conscience is telling him that he needs to to basically uh, clean up, like, like, tie up the loose ends and, and, and write mm-hmm. them that were sort of put in play by him and by Nidhogg by chasing down Nidhogg's eyes. So that's why he's in Giribano, because he's like looking for Shiri he's looking for the eyes. And he just happens to be in the neighborhood and he sees that his his lay boy Alphano is having some trouble and he's like, I suppose I could spare five minutes.
0: I mean, he was also he also seemed to have some interest in the hole
2: for Omega prior
1: yes. to
2: this. Yeah. I think I think he was. It's because he was looking for Shinryu and he was like, is Shinryu down there." He's like, "That's hmm, mm. this is where one of them landed." What's going on here? So that was like part of his investigation.
1: Yeah. So you don't think there will be any further involvement uh, with with Stinian in regards to Omega? Maybe I don't you think don't see so. Feel-
2: I, don't, I don't think so, unless Omega decides that one of his uh, ultimate fighter combatants is going to be a copy of Nidhog. I doubt it. I doubt that too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I can't wait mm-hmm. to get into that in a little bit. Yeah. So we've got, we've hit most of the major points. We've hit Lakshmi being summoned. Yeah. we after Fordola mm-hmm. was, you know, uh, it, uh, what's the, we were just talking about it before the bridge, being with the V. Just down Valdana. Yeah, Vildana. that one. Mm-hmm. There you go, Kaston Valdana. Yeah. yeah, we talked about that. We talked to that point we have taken the fringes. We talked about the peaks, the battle with Robon and Pippin and the, uh, the other Castrum where they fire on it. And Stinian saves our ass. Yeah. We talked about mm-hmm. Fordola, her powers as we climb Kastrom Abania and Inferno and his involvement yeah. in the experiments. And at this point, we've gotten into the point where we've, we've also gone all the way into the Alamegan residential quarter, which is where this Fordola fight took place. And we've liberated mm-hmm. that as well. After mm-hmm. you only had to find two stupid fucking ether currents before you got there, uh, which I feel like is important to talk about. <laughs> I also just like when uh, I want to talk about Astinian for a second more. Not only does his lance listen to him and his his mm-hmm. mind is like one with Nidhog, but mm-hmm. he literally goes like he's he, just like bullets. All right, <laughs> he's just shrugging. Well, I think they're not very accurate to be fair, they're like a long way away from him. Yeah, but he doesn't. He's not even tried. They're just like shoot him, and he's just like, "All right, um, well, I helped, so see you welcome. later." You're Absolutely. you don't know it, but you're welcome. Pretty much. Uh, quick thing. What about that boat? That's in uh. I'm just curious what the thought about that boat is in the uh. Oh, the I didn't. I didn't read New the sightseeing hope? log. There is there yeah. is a sightseeing Sorry. log for it.
2: Okay. you So, oh, we can we can we can take a quick side by
0: here. I'm so. just curious about it. That's all. Uh, it's from
1: six, the War um,
2: of the Magi. End of the War of the Magi, rising floodwaters. Uh, an astrologian from, from the far north, the northern empty, called Neon Krep- uh builds a boat and sails down to Eorzea to try and rescue as many people as he can. Um, they get into trouble. He tries to teleport the boat away and it lands up in the mountains. Um, they evacuate it, they travel to the Dravanian hinterlands, they build another boat, they sail back up north, and they establish charlan So you go. that is the first charlan relic. If you have a look at it, it's got all the logarithmic spirals and stuff that we see all over other Charlan stuff. Um, mm-hmm. it's got an entrance to it, it's got a freaking dungeon entrance. It's gonna be a dungeon.
0: Well, it, it, did, uh, it did it did it did uh I don't know. I was gonna say something I totally forgot. Never mind. Ignore me. Uh,
1: one thing I wanted to ask about in particular was the locks. Uh, I yeah. like you get to the locks first time I get to the locks I, you know, I do the quest, I do the uh, the instance, and then I go I go underwater, mm-hmm. and um, someone told me that was due uh, to the the great flood in the War of the Magi. is that correct?
2: Um. I don't know if we have, I I, I haven't found a sightseeing log for that Mm. bit in particular. So Mm. if someone said that and they're referring to a sightseeing log, then, then possibly. My suspicion is that, uh, my suspicion was that Alamigo it's like, it's built on clay and it's just gradually sinking. And it's kind of the case of, you know, we've got so many European cities that are built on top of cities, on top of cities, on top of cities. Right. Um, and it seems to be another case of that. Um, the other alternative is we know that um, ultimate weapon was excavated from underneath Alamigo. So mm-hmm. down there somewhere, there's some elegant shit.
1: Yeah, you, well, you can see a lot of statues. I think there's even a statue. Well, that's, that's yeah.
2: the, that's the idea that Alamigo
0: is. That's the other out.
1: half
2: of the, sta- that, yeah, that's the other half of the statue on the surface that's been
1: knocked mm.
2: over. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I think, I think the former, is more likely that it's just like been gradually sinking into the lake and they've had to like build on top of it again and again. Um, right. But I'm fucking I'm not sure at this point. Must have been a couple of weeks.
0: Fucking elegance,
2: man. Fucking elegance, dude. Yeah.
0: All right. So now we're in the locks. We take it back to the Alamegan residential quarter, which again, Xenos um, is still like, at this point they're in the fucking city as far as I'm yeah, concerned. He's
2: like, All right, cool. No, yeah, he's, that- he's just sitting there, dick in hands. Fucking waiting for us. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's just like... I mean, I'm, I'm here. I'm like, yes, they're almost fucking here. And finally, we get the united front against the uh, the Almigans. We have the Thaumaturges who freeze the door and blast it with with fire to to weaken the metal. And then we blast it with cannonballs to try and break an entrance in it. Hien mm-hmm. shows up with some reinforcements from Doma. Mm-hmm. And they start fucking shit up while our cannons are mm-hmm. being attacked. And we finally get... It. I was now i still was of the opinion I didn't think All Amigo was going to be a dungeon going into to 4.0. Well, even,
2: even when you're in the locks.
0: Even when I'm in the locks, I'm, I'm still um. feeling like All I'm like, no, because at that point, they don't show you a dungeon entrance. They keep the dungeon entrance yeah, yeah, yeah. of All Amigo hidden until yeah. you fully unlock it. And, and I was like, oh, there's All Amigo. I wonder how this is going to work. Because I was of the opinion mm. that we wouldn't take it back, it wouldn't be a dungeon, and that we wouldn't be mm-hmm. done with Xenos in 4.0. That
2: was where, those I the felt the same way.
0: Yeah,
1: me too.
2: I felt the same way, but particularly once we like retook Diamond, once we were like in the in the middle of the main scenario quest, I was like, this is being paced so well. And the character of Xenos again explains all of this, why we're able to move so quickly. He wants us to. He 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 is um, he's he's not on the side of the Garlean Empire. He's not. Any any other legatus being in control of Alameda, if Geis was still there, we would not have pushed through half as quickly. He would have put up way more of a fight. But Zenus let us push through because uh, we proved ourselves to him again, being being potential for his sort of you know worthy adversary. And he's like, all right, come on, fucking come come at me. Let's do it. Let's do this. And if it wasn't for that character, it would have really, really bothered me that we liberated Alamigo and Doma and that we've gotten that whole result. But his character just in itself makes all of this, I don't want to say forgivable, but it makes it, it makes the pacing make sense to me. It it, it sort of saves the narrative from what would be uh, some serious pacing issues otherwise. So I was perfect, I was perfectly happy with. It. I don't know if you guys like after doing it, you were like, "All right, fine," or whether you're still kind of a bit. I, don't know, I like.
0: It. I wasn't. I wasn't miffed about being done with him. I was miffed about mm-hmm. something else. So,
1: I was it. miffed about being done with him.
0: you were miffed about uh, being done with it. Like yeah, how we all. It kind just, of remi- uh, we, I like. We all. We all just took the word "miffed" and ran with it at this point.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, kind of like um, how we ended the Dragon Song War so prematurely. I felt mm-hmm. like for for a conflict of this nature and we and in comparison to the dragon song war we ended so quickly and you're right it was due to Zeno's pacing uh uh-huh. he brought it he kind of brought it upon himself mm-hmm. but still like i feel like there's still a little bit to be had in this conflict not as much as you like not as much before we we killed Zenos um, but I kind of feel like it could have been stretched out a little bit further. Mm. I-, I was wanting more out of this conflict, even though I think there's there's a little bit more out of it in terms of Varys and yeah, getting, be, getting yeah, that. Sure, there's
2: going to be like counter insurgencies and stuff like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, I mm-hmm. but I don't think that'll hit. I don't think that'll hit like four point one or four point X. Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah, I have a feeling I know where our story's going in four point X. So, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that after we talk about the, the final dungeon. Because after mm-hmm. we, get, we get through Omega, we even take out Alice again. We mentioned that earlier uh, during the dungeon mm-hmm. itself. Hojo. Sure. Yeah. We get, th- we get to Xenos. <laughs> we deal with him at what he, conti- what he is his full power at this point. We're worthy, although it's four of us at this point instead of one of us. Um, mm-hmm. To be fair, Paladin can solve that fight. It's fucking easy. Uh, almost everything. I don't think you have enough DPS for the sword phase. That's about it. But we finish him. And at this point, he's like, he's really into it. Like he's mm-hmm. getting the battle he wants. He's he, he's losing it, but mm-hmm. then he's like, "All right, I got something to show, show you, something. you. I want to show you something. All right. I know we're I know we're fighting and all, but you should really just come with me back here real quick. I, I got to show you this. So then we go into the royal menagerie, which is basically where they would keep uh, creatures from other regions to entertain. Uh, who who is it? The prince? Was it the princess of Almigo? Was it the king? I can't remember." No. The Queen. There you go. It was the Queen. I was almost yeah, right.
2: The Queen's zoo, basically. Yeah,
0: the Queen's zoo, and uh, he's decided to. Uh, he's got one thing on display in the royal menagerie, and that's his uh, his pet Shinryu, who's just chilling in Omega's, uh, Omega's restraints, hmm. which we'll get into again with Omega a little bit later. But Omega. TLDR. Jesus. Omega, Omega, in the end, won the fight with Shinryu and encaged yeah. him, and then the and then Xeno's Xeno's uh, found him. Mm-hmm. So those aren't those aren't Garlean constraints. Those are Omega's restraints that are around mm-hmm. Shinryu, and he's basically starts talking about you know the the resonant and you know adopting the gift of the echo and how similar he is with the with the Warrior of Light, and mm-hmm. so much so to the point where you get a dialogue option where you can tell him you'll be his friend. <laughs> I'll be your friend, and I absolutely pick that I'll be his friend. Fuck dude, did you Terrible. pick it, Ethis? No. No. You guys didn't want to be his friend? No, I don't want to be his friend. I wanted to be his friend.
2: No, he's a fucking scumbag.
0: I mean, he wants to be our friend.
3: Yeah, (laughs)
2: too (laughs) bad.
0: I I decided to be his friend. I decided to be his friend. So he ultimately goes to show off the true power of the Echo that he has, where he Mm. actually not only binds himself to Shinryu, but basically makes Shinryu surrender his will. ...to Xenos as well. And he just it's completely just, takes over his body.
2: What what he does to Shinryu... ...is basically what... ...Lahabre does to Igeom... ...in yeah. forming Asin. Um, he, he basically does like... ...a soul melt. Yeah.
0: Except he gets the winning end of the bargain... ...in this case.
2: Yeah, because he's... Really he, ever, he, he's sh- he has enough...
0: ...even though he's batshit crazy... ...Shinryu literally is mm-hmm. a manifestation of nothing but rage... ...and he has no sort of common sense
2: whereas Xenos mm-hmm. has, has, has a will. That's what draws Xenos to Shinryu, and Xenos and sort of explains that. And and that's why, like, although a lot of people are like, oh, Shinryu, oh, why here, whatever. But Shinryu is, like, the logical conclusion of Xenos' character, because Shinryu is literally, like we say, literally the embodiment of violence and despair, um, which is all that... Uh, Xenos has, and Xenos, when you strip away the last parts of his humanity, what you're left with is Shinryu. That's what draws him to Shinryu, Uh, and that's what makes it such a logical pairing, and that's what made it such a, um, I don't know, an excusable use of Shinryu, I want to say, because we all wanted to see Shinryu in the eight-man raids, but um, I I thought this was perfect, the way they set it up.
1: Now, Happy, when we first kind of mentioned this, like you didn't have the story context. You just did the fight and you you were like, meh and then you didn't really walk it back, but you had the context. Okay. What
3: so
1: are your what are your true feelings? My about?
0: tweet said when I went back and did the fight with Pugs, the scale not. the scale of the fight felt more warranted for an end of a, the expansion encounter. Yeah, it was a way
2: better end of expansion fight than Thorndon.
0: Yeah. For sure. yeah. Yes. Um, when, but still, in terms of just him popping up in the story, even if he hadn't mm. been necessarily in Omega, mm-hmm. I just I didn't like basically. Well, there's a fucking
1: Shinryu in your backyard, and so you, now we're gonna you, fucking kill it. Do you feel like he got shoehorned in? No, he didn't get Did shoehorned
0: you? in. It was absolutely a, f- a fully intentional thing that Xenos that okay. had sort of plotted from the beginning. And it was, mm-hmm. again, as Ethis had pretty much explained, I won't re-explain it again. It, I, I just, I didn't like eventually just walking into literally the backyard of Alamigo and Shinryu's just there. I, I still think, I think Shinryu sure. was the better fight. I'm mm-hmm. still 50 50 on the musical themes. I still like Thornton's theme way too much to back down mm-hmm. on Shinryu's theme. Like, if I could do Shinryu's fight with Thornton's theme, I would be way happier.
2: <laughs> but it does, it's not to take anything away from Shinryu's theme. I think Shinryu hit Thornton out of the park in every way. In every, every way. way. <laughs> yeah. Which is saying something. Because Thornton was
3: pretty epic.
0: Yeah. The scale of the fight was way better, though. Pretty much on every regard, other than mm-hmm. not liking him just appearing and also kind of not liking his song as much as Thornton's, in a sense. I feel like mm-hmm. it fit better when he was fighting Omega than it did when we was when we were fighting
2: mm-hmm. him, almost, in a sense. I,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I just want to make the point, since, since we're about to like, move into talking about Omega, um, Shinryu was like... Holy shit, like, we'd never fought anything like that except maybe Thornton and Bahamut, like, maybe on a similar level. Um, Omega fucking kicked his ass. Like, we we thought coming into the expansion that it seemed like it had been, like, a stalemate or whatever. But what really happened was Omega kicked his ass in, like, five minutes, put him in binds and just, like, dropped him in the middle of the countryside and was like, all right. Fuck it, that was that was boring. All right, let me go off here to try and find something else. Pretty much, the like, Omega is is like it's just another category entirely.
0: Yeah, his his power is on literally a whole nother level, which is again going to be important. Mm-hmm. But after we kill Zen, by the way, if I don't see fucking Xenos clones in Shinryu Extreme, I'm going to be fucking pissed. <laughs> I want to see Xenos' fucking, you know, the clones he does in his in his mm-hmm. dungeon fight? I want to see, like, or mm-hmm. Shinryu clones that do similar yeah, that's, shit. Yeah, that's what I was
1: going to say. We're going to see, like, the little ones we already see. Yeah. I,
2: see, <laughs> I was just thinking, they've gotten in, I hate to say it, but the Garland's have gotten in the Chemical Research Facility.
3: Mm-hmm. A lot of cloning
2: shit in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they could have cloned a dozen Xenos' already if they wanted to. Yeah.
0: Uh, and then, yeah, Art of the Sword on Shinryu there you go, Art of the Sword on Shinryu that'll be fun for people to not pay attention to so we take, that's it Royal Menagerie, we get this grand fight where even Xenos he's still not happy in the middle of the fight he's like, this is still not enough we need to still yeah. take it to a whole nother level literally mm-hmm. tearing you on We're his back a
2: new universe. yeah <laughs> to fight
0: yeah he, he's not he's that is how unsatisfied he is like how much he needs to to go through to feel something all <laughs> of that and he explains that in the following cutscenes, and lisa's yeah. really fucking upset with
1: him <laughs> yeah.
2: lisa's like all of this Are you fucking the, yeah. the fuck me? is wrong uh, with you yeah. as you know, this is like yeah Mm-hmm. and it was really good <laughs> it was really good before
0: finally he's felt something he knows he'll probably never feel something again at this point his life's purpose is done so he looks at you and at least when I pick the friend option he actually does say my like something like my one true friend or something like that or my only friend I don't re- I don't yeah, remember he's, exactly he's, what it is. Says my first
2: enemy my
0: first friend. friend Yeah, my first enemy says that regardless of your okay. dialogue. I was hoping that was because I selected being his friend. I was really hoping that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and then he <laughs> takes you're his, not special. And then he takes his own life, and I'm like he's fucked up. Oh. Oh, okay, so that's how it's gonna end, huh? I don't yeah, even yep. get the, I don't even get the killing blow. He's still ultimately he's everything went to his plan.
2: I was happy with it. I was really happy with. That. I was
0: still sad to have him go. Like and right in four 0. He's just and then just.
2: Moving on to bigger things.
0: And he and because we both have the echo while Lisa's charging at him, he just like yeah. he like slows everything down and then looks at us. He gives and, us a wink. Yeah, he gives, <laughs> he gives us the wink and then and then goes on. <laughs> and then he's just dead in the corner. And then everyone else comes to the corner and they're like, "Oh shit." He's fucking dead. Yeah. And then they're just like, "All right, guys, we won the war. Let's uh, All right,
2: let's uh, let's start singing.
0: Let's fix, let's fix their <laughs> shitty anthem and put our actual anthem
2: back on it." Yeah, I was really glad to see it because the whole way through, every quest complete, we're hearing the Galen National Anthem. And I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I, remember,
1: I felt like shit. I felt like
0: shit. I mean, how else do you subjugate a, 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 an entire nation than to take their?
2: Yeah, it's pretty rough. Take well, a- I remember, yeah. I remember, I was like, what the hell? I remember, like, day one, like, hour one, Anonymous was like, oh, I bet they've just, like, taken that Omega I mean, that's
0: anthem. literally, they They sub, there's no better mm-hmm. way to subjugate a people and let them know who's boss than to take their National Anthem and change yeah. the lyrics to the nation that like, that's yeah. only probably in all amigo. That's not actually probably like the Garlean Anthem. Like if you go back to Ilsebard or something like
2: that, yeah, who knows or Garlemald. Yeah. Um, but that was, that was, that was really nice. Like it was super, super cheesy. It was like, Oh, the bad guy's dead. And then everyone just like spontaneously breaks in a song. But I'm like, but how, how else, how else could they, how else do you end? celebrate liberation? It's like shit. It's workaday yeah, it, it, it really, right now. That's what we do. Was like, it was like a real. It was a real sort of Star Wars kind of moment. But I'm like, yeah, but this is like a real Star Wars kind of plot. Which makes sense like?
0: because Final Fantasy 12 is very often compared to Star Wars, and that's mm-hmm. this is the Twelfth Legion we're dealing with here. So I loved it. There I thought it was back.
2: great. Yeah. I thought it was really
0: really good. And then we get, to, and then we, that's when we start wrapping up to the conclusions. We get Lisu's kind of accepted that she can't be a part of the Scions anymore. She needs to, mm-hmm. you know be responsible for Alamigo. and it probably has no mm-hmm. fucking idea what she's doing it's going to be a key point going forward oh um, yeah i'd like yeah. to take this opportunity to bring up the monk job quests because our boy Vidargelt is mm-hmm. uh he's finally ready to be king <laughs> he's finally feeling ready after about 20 you know 40 40 levels worth of quests he's mm-hmm. like you know what I've done it. And the main key point is he finally conquered the final demon of his father, and that he has completely ended that, which is the Corpse Brigade. Mm -hmm. And finally Mm -hmm. shut down the one final piece that his father had set in stone. And one of the... And that covers two points. One that allows him to bring back monkism, which Mm -hmm. the Corpse Brigade was designed Mm -hmm. to to pretty much annihilate. And it's Mm -hmm. something... It's the last piece of the Empire where his father had influence. Everything else at this point has been almost everything else at this point has been cleansed of his father. Other than so the people's you think perception of it,
2: he definitely does have aspirations for the throne.
0: He literally says to the NPC, "I will be king."
2: Yeah, right I don't forward. think the Alamegans are gonna are gonna stand for that. I think they're done with kings, yeah. or his uncle. I my bad. We'll see.
1: Yeah, so. if, that, if that were the case, they would have probably rolled him somehow some way into the main story not till he's even done though, with his
0: corpse brigade now he even though to be like done with that
1: you know you, you know, know how,
0: how he might be now he might come into the uh, yeah the... 4.1 dude i'm feeling it the dargelt's coming yeah yeah one
1: yeah kind of like how um you know dirk lander became a is his uncle, lander? The yeah that's yeah,
0: that yeah, uncle yeah i i, I can't yeah. that yeah um so that's the first point we cover i think that even though lisa's stepping into this role that a, one of the primary points going through with 4.1 is going to be his desire to ascend back to kingship mm-hmm. and uh, actually take over, which then kind of frees her up to not necessarily have to stick around in amigo. She probably will, for the most part, but she has no idea what she's fucking doing, and he and no one's going to want him at the same time because of his relation with his uncle. But They might have some conflicts. They might come to fisticuffs. He doesn't say he wants to be king. He says he will be king. He says that in the final level seventy instance. He yells it in all caps and shit. At mm. the uh, at the corpse brigade, mm. and then he goes mm-hmm. mega ultra super saiyan. Like I'm not kidding. Like he goes full power. That final monk instance has everything. It has hem on. It has ham on holy fist in it again. Let's go. Yeah, and oh.
1: Uh. <laughs> that. Somebody gif it.
0: Somebody gift. it. We have uh, we have an Epis discount now oh, there you go. We can hear your voice okay. again, at least. There you go. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm being told that's not Vidargelt who says he's going to be king. By the way, I'm to- being told it's the other guy who says it. The Corpse Brigade guy. I re- I thought it was Vidargelt saying it. It was a pretty big rumble. I think he's still having troubles over there. It sounds like a clock is a fucking grandfather clock is ticking. I know it's his chair, but still. We'll wait. <laughs> it's alright. Let me tell you, Sonny, about some storm bloods. <laughs> alright, I had to drop out a call. That fucks up the uh, the appearance here because now I don't have a uh, setup. Oh, he just he just got rid of the video, I think. Unless that's you making that sound. because It says tone? he's not here anymore, but I just heard what very clearly sounds like him.
1: You probably hear fireworks.
0: Oh, those fireworks! Okay, there we go. I'm just yeah. back in the call. Yeah, Merkade. My
1: wife. I just had a hiccup. Sorry about that. All
0: right, no problem. So I'm being told that it was actually I misread the text. It was the corpse Brigade guy who was saying he will be king.
2: Oh, so Vidagal so, didn't actually say that. No.
0: So I'm going to go back and and reread some things cause to make sure I'm right. I'm I'm good for that.
2: Well, I haven't I haven't done the my quest yeah. yet, so I can't. Yeah.
0: Right, I'm going to go back, because that was a key oh, point man. that I thought I read. that I thought it said Badar Galt said he wanted to be king. So I'm going to go back and read that again, okay. just to make uh, 100% certain. But I still think we're seeing him in 4.1. At this it? point, we can't, like, for fucking four more, we can't, like, at level 90 still have him being like, well, you know. <laughs> like, if there's any point to start resolving him and his and his story and his influence, it has to be now. We can't wait any longer. It's, it's, this is it, man. All Migo free.
2: Yeah, I'm interested to see where it goes. I mean, I imagine that he's probably going to be focusing more just on uh, rebuilding the Fist of Raga. Yeah. But, uh, we'll
0: Especially when we get the lore for the Temple of the Fist with uh, Coral Fist in there. Which is a uh, so pretty, pretty solid point. I'm not a big fan of the dungeon because the second boss pisses me off. but uh, And the first boss is boring. But uh, Coral Fist makes up for it. So now we have the other closing points. We have the mm-hmm. cutscene with varus and Alydas.
2: How dare you?
0: Who's the face? Who's the face? It's That's the question. Any guesses? It's easy. Like
3: it's easy. Yeah, a... okay.
0: Every single
2: time we have this First of all, first of all, this is the only trick that the writers they got. Have. Yeah. Only trick they've got. And I was making this joke. I don't know. probably i think a couple of months ago on an episode i was making this joke that's literally the only trick that they've got for building intrigue is to have a masked character and be like oh who's that and every single time it comes around i'm like guys guys and if i commit to it <laughs> eventually eventually, it's got to be true i mean it? i mean look let, let's
0: let's let's just play it out we didn't meet bit till 2.1 guys disappeared mm-hmm. 2.0 we never found
2: the mm-hmm. body bit needs a body Littorius needs a body. Some people have been saying, oh, it could be regular because, you know, uh, uh, regular's, uh, you know, is a uh, childhood friend.
1: Again, we're talking be, about like, two people, talking yeah. about
0: two people whose faces we haven't seen. And then and then you that, also have, <laughs> this one's even so funnier. We haven't
3: seen them. It doesn't
0: matter. It means, yeah, but that that means, like, even keeping his face a secret wouldn't have made sense because we don't know what Gaius's face actually looks like. It could make perfect
3: sense.
2: We'd see a, a Galan eye. And we'd be like, oh shit, that so can it only could be, be one
3: of in- seven people.
2: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um so pe- people are suggesting it might be regular, but if it is, then a must have been using someone else's body beforehand. So mm-hmm. whose body was using beforehand? I, I, I like to suggest part that part of one was, resistance. It could it could be it could be Varus'
0: father, <laughs> younger Varus' father. <laughs> I think that's a little <laughs> bit of a stretch. because he didn't that's die. Me. Once again, we didn't get reports of his death until after. He was sick but we didn't get reports of his death until after we had already met Elidibus.
2: So here's why here's why he'd be upset that it was Gaius. Um, he was fighting for a war of secession during 2.0. Yeah. Gaius had effectively seceded from the Galean Empire. He'd been recalled to the capital to fight in this war of secession, and he was like, no, 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 I've just found the ultimate weapon, you guys. No, like, i, I got work to do here. Like, fuck you guys. Um he was not super popular in the garland capital at that time and um, Varys would be not too impressed if he saw Gaius again and the how dare you would work on a you know on a whole bunch of different levels I mean
0: there's also the theory going around that it he just literally took his mask off and it had, had Varus' face
2: and it's like whew. you think you think he's done the the uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, he's done a know, full-on switcheroo where, where Luke's even face in Darth Vader.
1: Yeah, another pass another possibility that comes to mind for me. Uh, don't know how exactly he died. Don't remember. Solus maybe.
0: Sol. Well, yeah, that's what that's isn't that what we were saying earlier?
2: But, yeah, yeah, you're saying it could be the Sol- Solus was his uh, grandfather. Grandfather, my bad. Yeah, yeah. So many grandfathers, uncles, um, I sons. I don't, I don't think it's solace. I mean, it could be I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. It di- it's it, dying it, because if it was solace, it would be less of a how dare you and more of a like, oh my god, oh, you're alive and like prostration
1: kind of thing, wouldn't it? I mean, Ferris is kind of full of himself now. Yeah, but that's right. only because Solace is dead.
2: <laughs> I mean, he didn't assassinate Solace. Solace lived. Until he was like a billion years old. Right. We lived until he was like 90 something. Mm-hmm. If Solus was full enough of himself that he thought, sorry, if Varys was full enough of himself that he thought he was going to, you know, take the throne from Solus's hands, he would have done it. I think, yeah. I think mm-hmm. if Varys saw Solus alive, he'd be fucking terrified. He'd be shitting himself. I don't think he'd be like, excuse I'll me. Are you? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that that's like very understated. Hmm. the real
0: nail. i'm less inclined to believe that more so than the rest yeah me
3: too
1: yeah
0: i'd I'd more i'd sooner believe gaius and i hate to say it out loud than i would that (laughs)
2: like i say it's got to be guys sooner or later (laughs) it's got it's got to be sooner or later i mean the list of the list of people that can be mask reveals is getting like shorter and shorter yeah pretty much so
0: um the next one we have is Gosetsu and Yatsuyu on a on an island,
2: pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: both He's alive. about to get
1: some booty.
2: No. He's no, about no. to get some booty. No, 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 no. I think what's going to happen is uh, Gosetsu is fully committed to bringing her in um, and seeing her sort of stand trial. Um, and she could be instrumental in feeding us uh mm-hmm intelligence that can be useful for future campaigns against the Garlands And that she's gonna be an important political prisoner. I don't want to see a redemption arc for her, but I would like to see her being useful to us. I mean
1: she cry um, Yeah, I don't exactly see it a redemption arc, but I do see her some way being thankful that somehow being thankful that she's he saved her. And some kind of form of, you know I can see her like chilling
2: there. out a little bit like starting to take a little bit of a chill pill over the next couple of patches, but I don't yeah. think she She's gonna be useful. Um, Gosetsu, on the other hand, is, this, this is how, I, if I was writing Gosetsu, this is how mm-hmm. I would play it. He, he tried to die and he was so satisfied with the way that he was going. He was like, fuck yeah, finally done it. I reckon the the rest of his character arc should be about him trying to put himself in positions where he's going to die as part of a noble sacrifice and failing to do so every single time and just being like god fucking damn it <laughs> not again so um,
1: gassetsu being the new Hildebrand is what you're saying
2: well Hildebrand's not trying to kill himself
1: I'm I not mean, no, so no, no, I mean you might I think mean,
2: he is because
0: I mean, he's an idiot but
1: yeah because nah. like but the only way I could see that playing out is comedically.
0: Dude like, I'm you know, telling that's am I like it. I like this theory Ludovic <laughs> takes the mask off and goes <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I want Hildebrand yeah, Hildebrand. yeah.
0: <laughs> can we get can we get a demo video on that? Where it's Mr. Face or Hildebrand, one of the two.
2: I, I do like Gosetsu's gonna like learn the value of, you know, the the second chance he's been given. But I hope that it's not before he does try to kill himself like another half dozen times through these like, you know, last stand, noble sacrifice kind of things and fails to die and it's like, fuck.
0: <laughs> so we've got we've got Yatsuyu, we've got Fordola. And it's mm-hmm. a matter of what's going to happen to both of them. And then we have two more scenes still to talk about. Mm-hmm. First mm-hmm. one is Estinian's closure on Nidhog's eyes. Where with mm-hmm. the lance that he calls Nidhogg itself, destroys mm-hmm. his own eyes, mm-hmm. in a sense. Mm-hmm. The thing that gave him this, this, this uh, bond with the Dreadworm himself. The
2: finally oh, gone! The
0: Dreadworm, technically, Bahamas, the Dreadworm. Yeah. So Nidhogg's finally fucking his eyes are. That's it, gone. Which, by the way, should in theory mean La Hebrea and and yes, exactly. Yeah, La permanently is gone. gone. We we had already assumed that, but now it's like there's really no way. <laughs>
2: fucking dunzos.
0: And we got so few scenes. I'm really curious where Astinian goes from here because he's staying completely secret. When when Alize was staying completely secret, we saw much less of her. He's really trying to stay out of our vision. The Jagoon
2: questline yeah. basically reveals that his life's mission now is to improve relations between dragon and man and sort of usher in a new age of harmony.
3: Yep.
0: Yeah, Which makes sense considering he <laughs> literally has... Him and Nidhogg are,
2: you know... Responsible. For everything, you know the Dragon Song.
3: Yeah, but even
1: in that in that quest, he was kind of hired as a bounty hunter to um, like in the end, should Fawn Fontum not he wasn't,
2: he wasn't hired, he heard about this aggressive journey and he went to try mm-hmm. and resolve it, but he didn't, mm-hmm. he yeah, he didn't to, want to kill Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't want to kill. He wanted to reach her, and he thought that he could because he was in the unique position of you know being effectively dragon person
0: yeah
3: mm-hmm.
0: he is actually a dragon person and we did
2: and
3: that's what he's about
0: now yeah and so he he takes care of the eyes he said he says finally done with this shit walks away and we're like all right this is the first like end cut scene where something has actually ended although i don't even actually know that it ended because for all i fucking know this is still not the end of anything mm-hmm. so have two dragons left who the hell knows what's going to happen that'll probably be the next time we see Astinian is with is when dealing with Vertran as Daja, in terms of... One of them is definitely
2: in those mountains north of the Azim Step.
0: Yeah. One, yeah. Of, one of them is probably up there, and uh, I'd imagine Astidian will probably try to bring, again, Unite, in a sense, and that will be where his storyline kind of picks up next. Mm-hmm. Then we finally have the introduction to Omega, where they're like, there's this big fucking hole in the ground... Uh, let's go down there, uh, see, uh, see if there's any technology we could, uh, learn about, and Jesse's like, nope, nope, I, f- nope, I remember everything, you say this every time, we never <laughs> fucking do anything with it, and we, then we just leave, and are like, no, it's too dangerous,
1: <laughs> I love Jesse as a character, um, she's great, She is awesome,
0: and then she's like, and just to make sure you stay on, you stay on your promises, I've hired, I've hired Albert somebody. Wesker. <laughs> I've, I've I've hired somebody to over to help oversee these operations, and he's just like she he, 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 he's just he, As Sid at this point is just like oh, Jesse. Wait, what? No, you, no there's only one <laughs> no. person you could have possibly hired, no. and then Nero has the glass and goes, "Hey, <laughs> guess who's here, Sid?" And he's just like, oh. and even Biggs and Wedge are like, oh. and then Jesse's like, <laughs> she went full Nashu in that <laughs> cutscene. She literally went full Nashu in that cutscene. Terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible.
1: It's terrible. kind of like the, the the Seinfeld meme of like everybody.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with, with with Newman.
1: Yeah, Newman. Like...
0: <laughs> that is that is hundred percent accurate, and that leads us into. Uh, the interdimensional rift which just came out today but we've at the last minute decided to include it we'll talk about the story first then I'll get your thoughts on the actual encounters and expectations going into savage sound good
3: Mm-hmm.
0: so I mean it starts off pretty much right where it left off we're going to find out but it something that didn't happen before is now there's all this goop <laughs> now we've now well, it's, not goo. it's it's ether it's ether but it looks like it yep. looks like goop. Like, Ghostbusters goop. As far as I'm concerned. And uh, we're preparing to go in there. And all of a sudden... This Chocobo doesn't belong here. Look at look at this art. Even there, like, that's clearly a yeah. Chocobo.
2: But it's but also it's not.
0: clearly not a Chocobo. <laughs> and we're introduced to Alpha. Who is, by the way, a throwback to Chocobo Dungeons. Which uh, is an old mm-hmm. game that came out back on the PlayStation. And he is basically our guide and our allowance into the interdimensional rift. We go in there and immediately we're like, we're see-through and he's not. And immediately something happened that I didn't expect. Omega pops up and he fucking talks to us. (laughs) And this was one of my favorite points of the interdimensional rift. Omega... While he's still technically a, like a soulless form, like he has, he's mm-hmm. like a one minded individual, he has a fucking personality, which immediately oh. struck me as a major positive point for the interdimensional rift.
1: I mean, is it really a personality or is it inquisitiveness? Because it it doesn't seem like Omega has a hardcore personality here. It's testing us. It's running a project, it's running a science, a, a big ass science project.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, where he holds
0: all the cards. We learn how we we know how many cards he holds while we're in there, and later we'll learn mm-hmm. how many cards he actually holds. Mm-hmm. And he basically goes and we're like, What if we don't want to participate in your little experiment? He starts erasing us from existence, and we're just like, uh, okay, say yes. <laughs> Please just say yes, everyone. Don't don't talk about just yes, because otherwise we we disappear. He's like, You're right. only allowed here because I let you. So just fucking listen. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, Midgert's armor gives us the truth about Omega as well, which is another big thing. Even Midgert's armor...
1: Wasn't, that wasn't expected. Yeah, I, I didn't I,
0: think Midgard armor was going to have anything to do with... I would have never suspected Midgert's armor had anything to do with, with Omega. He basically right. lets us know that Omega's fucking alien from another dimension. From another, from another existence.
2: Well, he's from another uh, shard, presumably.
0: Yeah, he's from another shard. And he's... An asshole. Yeah, the Aligans um, basically found him and studied no. him, and and after it, he had kind of come to our shard with none of his power, he began to mm-hmm. self regenerate and repair, and uh, and they used him to advance their technology.
2: Yeah, basically he put them forwards. Like they they developed a theory of chemistry, and they'd got to the point where they could like. Um. They, they, they couldn't understand what he was about, but they got to the point where they could like start some rudimentary repairs on him, and as the more they studied him, they just went into the space age in like a matter of decades. Um, Midgarzier says that they're like intrinsically tied together. We know that Mid has like a, a deal with Heidelin. yeah right.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I can't help but feel like Midgarsamer came to the source either because of Omega or more likely fleeing Omega?
0: Well, considering what we learn Omega's true purpose actually is, I wouldn't be surprised if he was actually fleeing Omega in the first place. I, I,
2: think, I think that the true nature of his agreement with Heidelin is as much about um, stopping Omega from coming back as it is about protecting Silverdale. And I think that's really interesting. I think Midgard's more scared of him.
0: Oh yeah, he's absolutely terrible. Because we learned very quickly that Midgard Sommer, even in the international left he's as subject to erasure from being someplace he doesn't belong as everyone else is. Mm-hmm. So he is, he is, and also he's in—he's still a fucking infant slash mount at this point. So mm-hmm. he really has none of his power, pretty much.
2: So in broad strokes, Omega is trying to evolve himself. Yeah. into the ultimate being. Yeah. Um, and he makes, he, he by doing so, he wants to fight other powerful beings, which explains why he was effective for the Allegans to be used against Bahama, why was effective for us to be used against Shinryu. Obviously the Allegans managed to like, make some sort of restraints that he's managed to break free of. We broke him free, pretty much. Uh, yeah, yeah, effectively. Um, now the interesting thing, um, and the thing moving forward that is going to be the most important, is that he makes no distinction between what is real and what is imagined. Is that he he learns about other beings, other creatures, or whatever that are are powerful and that he thinks are, are worth sort of pitting himself against, um, and he doesn't care whether they're historical, whether they're a fairy tale. I mean, we've got another Halicarnassus. as not the Halicarnassus from the Void. is a Halicarnassus yeah. from an old fairy tale. We got um, uh, X-Death again from an old fairy tale. So the X-Death Roger's that we a- see drawing power from the Void. He's not actually drawing power from that's the just Void. That's what, that's what his fairy tale is. Yeah, that's what, he, that's yeah. what his fairy tale is. And uh, Omega has the the power and the the quantity of Ether to be able to sort of Simulated,
3: simulator.
2: yeah. yeah. Um, so it means that basically, there there are absolutely no rules for what we can fight. Yeah. If you if you go into your minion guide and you look at like wind up minions of characters from previous Final Fantasy games, mm-hmm. they tend to say that there's some old like a Ozian story uh, or or fairy tale or whatever which is associated with them. So we could be fighting anyone from any Final Fantasy game in pretty much the same way as they appear in that Final Fantasy game and just explain it being like, oh, well, it's not a historical thing. It's just like an old fairy tale. Um, I'm scared.
0: <laughs> okay. So, by, by the way, uh, I'd like to read you a quick excerpt from my wind-up X-Death minion. Retrieved uh, in the Delta Scape, this full it. metal automaton is a recreation of a terrible villain appearing in ancient legend. While its silitent blue armor suggests the figure is a knight, X-Death was believed to be a powerful warlock born... From a tree. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I yeah. mean, that's literally yeah. just saying this is his legend, yeah. and it's exactly Final yeah. Fantasy V's plot, pretty much.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I'm I'm terrified that Soken is working on a, an arrangement for one winged angel. <laughs> I so many
0: people I said have the
1: same goddamn thing. Yep. Uh, another one that another one that came up. Um, Kefka. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh I put I put Seymour in the hat. Mm-hmm. Any any version of Seymour, probably the last the final version of Seymour. Mm-hmm.
0: Um Okay, I'm gonna take this a step further, by the way. Okay. So first so let's get let's get back on track, because we already just jumped to the last boss of the Delta right. Scape. So we we have Alpha, and Alpha is our basically we we can only exist there either with Omega's permission or with Alpha giving mm-hmm. us authorization because uh, Alpha is a is a is a registered. Basically, Omega sends out like almost like team leaders in a sense, and he lures people into the internet or he lures subjects he deems worthy. He lures us. Well, specifically,
3: we, he lures as us. As, know, mm-hmm. as far as we know, we're, we're the, the only, only ones that's yeah.
2: created.
0: Yeah. Um, and then Alpha always is—he's the one giving us authorization. Going through, they even give us a solo instance, which I thought was hilarious because there's an enemy in Final Fantasy V called the Level Checker, and I couldn't help I but feel like that was my Faust. <laughs> but I really <laughs> hope we have to do a savage solo instance in two weeks where the Level Checker actually level checks us. <laughs> 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 I really hope we have a level—the Level Checker as a fucking gatekeeper going forward because really, that would be I'm absolutely go. I love beautiful. That. And I'm we get to good. see, they actually created a zone. It's mm-hmm. small It's small in terms of interactable, but the interdimensional mm-hmm. rift is an area you can go to and hang out in, in a sense. You can just mm-hmm. only hang out in the areas immediately outside of the, the combat yeah. zones. Get awful. some coffee. Yeah, you can get some coffee, because, you know, Tataru still didn't want it. Sorry. Um. Uh, and we, we're basically told that we have to participate. Again, there's 89 participants, I think he says, or 89 mm-hmm. subjects. He wishes mm-hmm. to test, and we fight the first four that exist within the Delta Deltascape, which we're is... Playing uh, the,
1: we're playing the Running Man.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what we're doing. It's the fucking Tournament of Power, dude. Mm-hmm. We're fucking going full Dragon Ball Super on this thing. It's literally the right. Tournament of Power, except that we're not uh-huh. all fighting at once. And so once we're, once we're in there, we go fight by fight. We get a brief history about the fairy tale behind each of... Or the fairy tale or the legend that led to the... Uh, the existence of these creatures in the Delta scape mm-hmm. and they're all bosses from Final Fantasy V's interdimensional rift in some way, mm-hmm. shape, or form. Halicarnassus, uh, um, Catastrophe, uh, Alteroid, and uh, Xdeath, which I called Xdeath. I just didn't call him this early. You thought if he was going to be the Antagonist. Yeah, I thought he was going to actually be the true Antagonist, but they took it in a way better direction.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I, yeah. I expected Xdeath, but I didn't expect them in this regard. Uh, not as a fairy tale, not a fairy tale simulation, not as this, but, you know, we called it. And they've also
0: now taken the point to differentiate the interdimensional rift and the void in 14's existence, in the in the universe of 14's existence, even though Literally. this is between existence. They um, did, uh, but, no, that's what I'm saying, but this is this is actual yeah. further event In Final Fantasy history, the interdimensional rift is the void. Yeah. And then they've taken the Most extra step. Games, they're, they're
2: synonymous. Yeah, yeah they're mm-hmm.
0: synonymous. Where here, the void we already established is a lost shard. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. now they, they've really gone that full nine yards and absolutely separated the two. Yeah, this is the space in between the shards. Yeah, this is the, yeah. So uh, with that, any legend from any shard, of course, can lead to mm-hmm. a boss fight.
2: Uh, and, and it was real or imagined. Yeah. So he could be taking real subjects from other shards. They could involve the Warriors of Darkness. I mean, well, could. haven't we really made our
1: peace with the Warriors of Darkness? So well, we've been hope- told they were
2: going to come back, and they did come back apparently in the Dark Knight Questline. And they would be deem- they would be deemed worthy. But if he's dragging us in, he'd be dragging the Warriors of Darkness in for the same reason. So, so he explains when when everything's said and done, Omega basically explains that in each of these stories there's been the overwhelmingly powerful antagonist that a much much weaker hero has somehow been able to surmount due to some sort of miracle or whatever We wanted to establish whether we possessed this quality yeah Um, so basically he's grooming us to Fight him effectively. Yeah.
0: And that's the big thing. He basically defeated he he was originally used by the Allegans to contend with Bahamut. He was then mm-hmm. later used to defeat Shinryu. He beat both of them, and now all he wants is another even stronger opponent because by facing stronger opponents he evolves in mm-hmm. a sense until mm-hmm. he becomes an actual god, like and nothing can contend with his power. And then who the fuck knows what would happen at that point. Well, even well I don't no think purpose. He has it. I don't think I don't think he thinks as an alien. I know he I doesn't, he but we but we as perpetual. as mortals we have to we have to anticipate that. What well, well, what what what
2: we're concerned about is that if we don't win the tournament then someone else will and that means that he'll be fighting something else even stronger than us Aorsia, yeah. which is going to cause another calamity if not completely destroy the entire shard. Yeah. So that, that's that's number one in terms of what's at stake because a lot of people were like with Alexander, they're like, Oh, it doesn't feel like the it's like oh right. he's
0: absorbing ether because mm-hmm. he exists. Wow. Yeah.
2: I mean that's 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 number one for Omega what's at stake. Number two is that he's basically threatened to kill everyone in the world. Yeah, if we by, if we don't part if we yeah. yeah. as he the, the heroes do he wants. Yeah. He can summon anything anywhere that he wants. Yeah.
0: He's basically able to completely manipulate reality to the point where mm. if there's any sort of spatial, like, area... you
2: can't manipulate,
0: but he can create life. He can create life. Yeah. I mean, that's enough. You can make the calamity happen again, like you said. Yeah. He can only do minor life forms, but they're strong enough to yeah. basically cause mass genocide if he wanted to. Right. Really yeah. Do it. So if we don't participate in his experiment, he will literally just do... He will literally just wipe out mankind. He's like, if you don't want to yeah. participate, that's fine, but I'm... I'm gonna have my fun, which is again Omega having a personality, even if it's not really a personality because it's just kind of his his nature. He doesn't really; mm-hmm. it's not he doesn't consider it like a trait. It's just mm-hmm. what he is.
2: He's he's got a personality as much as the Borg has a personality. Yeah, pretty basically.
0: much. Uh, it's already made me far more interested in in where this goes. I mean, he even goes as far as to so when he says he's gonna that the best way to you know make a hero kind of show their, uh, you know, that they perform better under stress and that the death of a comrade yeah, killing a comrade is pretty much the number one way to the anime way to power people up as he's figured out. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. he tries to kill Biggs and Wedge, and even though he's unsuccessful, the stress alone allows him to see that he doesn't need to actually kill anyone that just even the threat of killing the friends was enough to, to, to trigger that trait in the Mm -hmm. hero to determine that you're a hero, basically. Mm Hmm. And uh this constant this this constant manipulation of the of the Warrior of Light is not something that we've ever experienced. But like he can actually call all the shots on the Warrior of mm-hmm. Light. Normally we have people calling the shots for us anyway, because well, we're fucking. I mean mindless. Alexander was doing
2: that? Alexander doing Alexander,
0: that. Alexander was a time. Yeah. yeah. Alexander, but, was, I mean, was, Alexander was grooming us
2: to defeat everything. him. Yeah. He was manipulating everything the whole time. Yeah. We just didn't realize it. Whereas yeah. Omega's yeah. making his his objectives clear. Yeah. yeah which if Alexander had done from a the start, then maybe it would have been more compelling for people. I don't know.
0: But the thing is, when it comes to the, the timelines, if he tells you what his intention is, then it ruins the actual, sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure, no, that's so, right. It, when it comes full circle for Alexander, it doesn't work quite the same.
2: The other thing that's really important to about the interdimensional rift, which is something I've been saying uh, ever since it was introduced, basically, is that another one of the major complaints with Alexander was the aesthetic um, monotony, I guess. Um, the fact that the 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 steampunk theme got tired, or whatever. Um, Whereas with the riff, there's no there's no rules. I mean, we've already seen like every single other different You can create whatever the fuck he want. There's absolutely no rules. Everything is going to look and feel completely different. And I think every every fight is. I'm so excited to see that they go. Yeah, I'm so fucking excited.
0: And, and I just awesome. ultimately, I think they 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 did it right. They did setting up the story in the right way. We got mm-hmm. all the information we needed about Omega. We got to see him contend against Shinryu, so we got the idea of his scope. We got to see that he beat the shit out of Shinryu and locked him away and then just left. We got to see mm-hmm. that we we got to see the full scope of what his danger was in mm-hmm. all of his appearances. There was not like a section with like Alexander where we were just like, well, he's a primal, so he's a natural threat. And it took mm-hmm. us basically until the first part of the creator. You know, we had seen him manipulate time at the end of Midas, but we still didn't actually know what the fuck it meant. Mm-hmm. And then, we we it wasn't until the creator where anything came to light, like what he was actually capable of with with the uh, Enigma Codex and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the way it's more abundantly clear has already infinitely made me more interested in Omega's mm-hmm. story, and it's a strong narrative that I think is is representative of what I expected after Stormblood.
2: But is having is having all the cards on the table so. One of the cool things about Alexander and about Koi is that there were a couple of moments where there were like big twists, and you were like, yeah. "Oh, dang!" Um, it seems that Omega might be pretty straightforward. It might be just a case of will we climb up the ladder, we become the most powerful being in the universe, and we defeat Omega and destroy him, and we're satisfied. Like, I, 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 I hope you no, know, we twist. know it
0: won't be that way.
2: No, yeah, I know it won't be that straightforward, but I can't help but feel like maybe that by playing all their cards this early there's going to be like less of a sort of holy shit moment i don't think that. i think it's still going to be yeah
0: uh, like you said anything could happen in the internet anything could happen.
1: yeah and that's why it's, that's why uh, i feel like there's a lot of room to kind of go crazy for predictions in in terms mm-hmm. of the near future
2: well i think it makes predictions like completely fruitless to be honest because like literally anything can happen like, there's no rules there's nothing here being like, oh, but it's pointing in this direction or whatever, because there is no fucking direction.
1: Yeah, there's no direction, but like we kind of have nostalgia to go on. If they're going off of... Uh, we can have a wish list. Yeah, yeah, we have a wish list. You can actually
0: make a wish list for Omega, and I don't think anyone should feel stupid for having a wish list for Omega, because yeah. nope. anything's, nope. yeah. anything's on the cards. Um, and that's really cool. I think the big thing is we can actually make Savage Cannon now, because Omega could literally... Want us to challenge stronger versions of the same, mm-hmm. of the same uh, fairy tales? Yeah, in a That's sense. That's possible. That, that to be fair, yeah. we wouldn't get like additional story. I imagine, but it would still be like Omega, basically Omega's calling back to you in a sense. Be like, I know you defeated these guys already, but I've made modifications to their, you know, I don't know, to their to the yeah. way they we think. could have like a little it. bit. of dialogue here and there in reference yeah and
1: that's what i'm saying would people be okay with just like a tad bit more dialogue for fuck, for this? they could
0: do super savage in the interdimensional rift it just creates a he just has a fucking alternate reality that we go to where it's i probably mm-hmm. still yeah. using the minstrel but i think we'll still use the minstrel but i'm just saying like it's opened up literally any possibility anything could happen it's the, the first time we could actually say absolutely anything can happen now, I think the most important thing when talking about Savage is that we already know one major distinction that will be different in the Savage version. And this comes from Yoshida's mouth himself. Something akin, akin to Brute Justice. There's already one unused music track in Omega Savage right now. And that would be the, what is known as the last battle in Final Fantasy V, the remix of the last battle, which would okay. be Neo X-Death. Which leads right, us to can. believe, yes, X Death will indeed have an additional phase akin to that of Brute Justice, where he takes on the mm-hmm. form of Neo X Death.
2: Awesome. Mindo it.
0: Yeah. And, Ayoshi, and Yoshi himself said, for Omega, we're going to have a huge spectacle. Think Brute Justice. Be very excited, please. Which already has me, well, very excited. Excited. <laughs> <laughs> um. But then we now that we've kind of covered what the bases are for Omega's Omega's plot, and you know, obviously we still have the mystery of Alpha. You know, what his actual role is. You know, where what's Nero going to do? Like, how is his play? How's his going to evolve? One thing I'd like to point out: I feel like we've already now confirmed Nero won't die. As much as I didn't wasn't hundred percent certain he would, <laughs> there was a comment from Yoshi P regarding the event after the Crystal Tower and how they will conclude. What was actually what actually happened after that with Nero, but that he's too busy mm-hmm. with Omega right now to explain mm-hmm. it. So, uh, okay. yeah, so I just wanted to point that out as well. Um, okay, I guess the only okay. question is now will we see Barts? Will will we see Gilgamesh and Alpha, is Bartz. Well, uh, Alpha is Barts? Well, Alpha is Barts. I considered Alpha, but the thing is, Alpha Boko was Barts's companion and alpha is a direct direct reference to chocobo dungeon 3 so right um it's tough because barts whole thing was against x death he didn't go Um, like going against omega wasn't his thing not to say it couldn't hear because they obviously you know they've already completely changed things around i i don't think that i think alpha actually has a unique existence that isn't 100 percent um Based on anything Final Fantasy V related, I think it will be an original take on what his purpose is in, in, in Final Fantasy 14. And that will be great. But I guess. No, like no, no. I'm no, sure he's just
3: a bait
1: for us.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've been. I've
1: but been he seems really upset it.
0: with Omega when Omega speaks to us the way he does.
1: Yeah, the chocobo the, the eye. Uh, like, it's the angry face. He's like, mm. yeah.
2: He doesn't know what he
1: is. And we and we've been asking for like a fresh take on certain styles. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Um, a fresh take on you know certain things, and this is not exactly it. You know, it's not a it's not a new exactly new story to Final Fantasy, but they're using it in a new way, and I can kind of accept that for now.
2: Yeah, I like it. I'm I'm yeah. into it. I I like the implications for Alec and the. You know the stuff we're gonna learn about Alligan history. Oh as we and, go
0: and by the way, that, that reminds me. You know how I've, we've been blaming everything on Alligans. We now have to blame mm-hmm. everything on Omega because that's everything true, because Omega's like, responsible for the Alligans. Yeah, Omega's legit. <clears throat> like we've actually found a threat past the Alligans that w- led mm-hmm. them to older be than what the they are. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy.
2: That's the yeah. first time we've ever actually seen anything that's like older than an Allig, and yeah. interacted with it. And
0: I love I love the theory in the chat that Alpha's Papalino. Fuck you. Someone said Alpha is, if, <laughs> if Alpha is Papa Limo, I will eat my shades. <laughs> so I'm gonna I want everyone to screenshot that right there, and hold on to that for right. anywhere from six months to a year. And, right, you're on Lake. And and and, and and keep that and keep that handy because we're gonna need that promise at some point because he'll either be eating shades or he won't be eating shades and that's a 50 50 in my book
2: that's you reckon it's a 50 50 yeah it's 50 50 in my book all right that's a statistics wag. yeah, yeah. okay
0: well all there's right. only two results so it's 50 50 for me okay <sighs> so now we have so now we've, we've covered most of the lore implications at this point it would only be speaking uh speculation like gilgamesh and necrophobe mm-hmm. is a big one that people are discussing but now we have to talk mm-hmm. about normal mode because normal mode as we knew would exist as a story mode, and that we would be through it mm-hmm. in like an hour or two, you know, just mm-hmm. cue into each one, maybe have a mechanic that fucks people up once and then go back in and you're fine. Fireworks are crazy,
1: man. Anyway, it sounds like somebody's oh, is like, that
0: what that is? yeah, it's fireworks. Yeah,
1: yeah, they've been going for like five fucking days. I know today is Merca Day, Merca, but they've been going since like the thirtieth. Jesus fucking Christ! You gotta like, make sure they're working, dude. You gotta yeah, make
0: sure they're gotta make good. sure they're working. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so let's, let's, let's go boss by boss and get thoughts on it because uh, my general consensus is that I like this better than all three of the normal modes that came out of uh, Alexander with Midas being the one that I would compare closest to it, um, only mm-hmm. because I think Midas was the best of the normal modes, like in terms of fight mechanics and everything that we've yeah. had. So we have the first boss, which is Alter Reut, which I just like to call all right, pretty much. Right. That's that's pretty much how you feel when you beat the fight. You beat the fight, you're just like, all right, all right, let's move on. Sweet. That's it. Yeah. Uh first boss, super simple. I'd say this was the one boss where it's like A9 normal, kind of, where there's mm-hmm. nothing, there's literally nothing you've never seen before. Nothing unique Run. about the fight at all. Any any thoughts specifically on O1 or v one or V1 or D1 or whatever the fuck you want to call
1: it? 1.0. I'm calling
0: it 01. I'm going 01 through 12 because if yeah. cuz here's the thing. With coil we did turn 1 through 5 then 1 through 9 mm. then 1 through then 1 through 4 then 1 through 4 and we just called them turns the entire time. I don't know if mm. I can just call them V1 2 3 4 and then when they go back to V1 I can call them V5 6 7 8. I'm going with 01 mm. on this one. So, thoughts on all right? It was all right. It was all right.
1: Yeah. Is that it? I mean yeah, that's pretty much all I can take from it. I mean, I'm going to probably go back in and do some more tonight and tomorrow uh, just to kind of maybe get some more out of it. Kind of surmise what we could possibly possibly see in uh, two weeks, but it was all right.
3: I mean, the arena was
1: fucking cool.
0: I'd like to point out that arena <laughs> is in Dissidia because it exists mm-hmm. in the Interdimensional Rift in Final Fantasy V. Just mm-hmm. want to point that out real quick for anyone who has not played Dissidia. So. Okay, so I think most people agree O1 is kind of just like the one fight where it's like, okay, whatever. It wasn't horrible, but it's nothing to write home about. It's all right. Mm-hmm. Then we get to then we get to 2 where we meet Catastrophe, who was our next duty action encounter. He's our, he's our Vril of, uh, of this part. And Nero Tolskeva gives us a levitation device. After analyzing his, his fairy tale, he gives us a fucking levitation device, pretty much, for this encounter. And uh, I've never seen a fight quite like this, but at the same time, it's like it's, it's super simple, but like super unique at the same time. Yeah, it's incredibly gimmicky, like Vril was in a yeah. sense. So it gives me the expectation um, that all things with duty actions will be super gimmicky like this.
2: I, I found um, there was one in particular when it's got the low AoEs and the high AoEs, and there's the one position in the middle. Like at the bottom, yeah, that is, um, that is safe. That's fucking impossible to see.
0: No, I thought oh, it was God. easy. I, I did it, I did it my first time.
2: <laughs> I thought it was like you had to, like, angle I, the well, camera
0: okay, to be fair, room. I saw the middle of the room because I took a second and mm-hmm. I didn't make it, but mm-hmm. I, I, so I technically didn't do it the first time, but I immediately, I never had a screw up on it after the yeah. first time.
2: I'm just a little bit worried that for Savage. There's going to be something about the visual effects in that fight, which is going to make the mechanics of fucking pain in the ass.
0: Here's what you got to do, all right? You uh, turn your camera so that
2: you're completely horizontal. <laughs> and you just peek
0: in between the well, two exactly. of them. Exactly.
2: The and it's like, uh, um, yeah. So bottom bottom, middle is safe. Wall fell advantages, man. Worked, worked it out very quickly, but I was still like, yeah, but how am I supposed to see that? um so i'm a little bit i'm a little bit worried that it's that that fight's going to be like a little bit tedious in terms of using the uh the battle action
0: i liked but using the the, le- was- the the levitation far more than i liked using frill i agree with that yeah because i felt like felt
1: it was the same one dynamic
0: I mean, it is because yeah. it's it's used for it. If here's the thing, this wasn't necessarily just use it and not die because like you start mm-hmm. having to time it like with ones that are in the air versus ones that are on the ground versus when exactly. he lowers you versus when he raises. Yeah, you know. because you don't have to do that. With he has mechanics that just... raise you as mecha- He has a mechanic that lowers yeah. you. You know, he's he's got pretty much the whole kit and caboodle when it comes to dealing with the two horizontal planes. And mm-hmm. uh, the only difficulty is we've never seen something like that before. So a lot of players seem to panic when they see mm-hmm. all these. AOEs that they have to look at from they're used to looking at their character from one direction above mm-hmm. or like from a, an angle not horizontally like in between two horizontal planes pretty much um so I don't know I was I liked this fight I thought that this fight was was a lot of fun in like I the, was in cool. the very in the very simplest of ways I just don't want to do it in the duty finder <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to do that cuz it was a bit of a
2: pain in the duty finder. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, uh but other than that, uh I like the originality. I feel like this is a theme that kind of carries through for the remainder of the encounters. Like O two, three, 2 3 and 4 all felt like fun unique encounters even if they took some ideas that had existed before, the way they used them was far more uh-huh. interesting. Um by the way, the number of puns I've done for O2 is out of control like you don't understand how many like i've risen to a new level i've brought Mm -hmm. myself up to another plane Mm -hmm. and everyone just seems to want Mm -hmm. to bring me down
3: Mm -hmm. they just
0: can't see eye to eye with me
2: you guys know he doesn't pass right (laughs)
0: You know it's funny when you were late earlier. Someone said deduct his pay, and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I'll,
2: do. I'll get on that." <laughs> oh man,
0: there
2: you go. It
0: was
1: you—you uh... you, you got it out of your system? You no, no. Honestly, I've
0: got I've got at least twenty more ready to go, but uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold myself down before I hit rock bottom. All right. Sly. <laughs> Listen, all you know what? Something else that came funny out of that was that I, when I saw a hundred G's, I immediately I thought of like a Drake song. <laughs> I was like, I feel like you can make Drake lyrics out of hundred G's, like hundred G's, hundred G's. Oh my G's. god, are you
2: fucking done? You couldn't
0: make this money if you had a hundred. <laughs> He's still G's. going. He's fucking still going. <laughs> because I'm, I look at Sly's face and I just can't stop. It's, it's uh, your face, Sly. You don't understand that.
2: Yes, Sly, it's your fault.
0: It is. It's all my fault. It is. It's your fault. Because when you pull out it's the reaction of you getting the alcohol ready and everything. So Mike, what'd you
2: what'd you think of Haliconosis? I was
0: yeah. really what is the name of the boss now in Hawkman? <laughs> it's still gonna be has, I thought it's they still said they changed it. Okay. I thought they said no, they, they think... changed it. No, okay.
3: Why would they?
2: It's, it's not like Acheron Phlegathon. This Halakonarsis that we fought in Omega doesn't exist. That's true. It's a, it's a fairy tale, um, which probably is based on the Voidsent Halakonarsis. Very likely. Um, it's probably just like a fictionalized version of it. Sure.
0: I liked,
1: I'll, I'll admit, I like this version of Halakonarsis better than. Well, the special, uh, like a four-man dungeon version. Yeah, it. I mean, I mean, even still, even still, like uh, knowing the story of Amandine and, you know, how you know I like this one.
0: It was. A, yeah, so I it was pretty- this is the one thing. So they said that one of the big themes with Omega and Omega Savage was a sense of scaling difficulty. I'm mm-hmm. telling you right now, as someone who healed all four encounters. Even the auto attack damage went up by about like two to four thousand. <laughs> like I didn't have to That's heal at all cool. in Alterite, an Alter mm-hmm. in, in All Right. I started to have to heal slightly more on Catastrophe, and then I got to Halicarnassus, and they were getting autoed for like eight to nine k. And then we got That's to X cool. Death and they were getting autoed for fucking seventeen k. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Can you not get hit for seventeen thousand, please, when she crits you? It was getting ridiculous, and this was the first fight where I started actually feeling like, okay, Savage Mode of this is just gonna be fucking.
1: It's going to be a
0: fun Oh, man. So there's, there's going to be...
1: Um, how do you think the game is going to play out?
0: Um, It's going to be... There's probably going to be a few different patterns where there's going to be, like, mm-hmm. if you take the wrong path, like, go to the wrong island, you're probably fucked. I hated that. I was like, oh,
2: wow, my favorite part of Pokemon Red and Blue. That's
0: funny. <laughs> dude, do you know that's, that that instance is the first part of the interdimensional rift in Final Fantasy V, right? Yeah,
2: that fucking sucks. <laughs> Putting, putting, putting that in the middle of a fight
0: is so dumb. So you want to know what the better thing is? If you're fast enough at it, you get buffs. If you're, like, way faster than other people, you get an invincible. You can solve
2: it really quickly, but it's like, you shouldn't, shouldn't have to. When, so
0: if you, but the thing is, if you're really good at it and people aren't, they're A, going to die, and B, you're going to get haste and attack buffs. So basically what happens is when, you, when she puts you in there, she pours herself a drink. And, yeah. she, um, and she starts. If you finish before she does, but it's not even just that. Maybe. Not only if you finish fast enough, but if you need to not have the invincibility buff on you mm-hmm. from when you leave. So mm-hmm. if you say, so if all, if you, all your tanks and, and DPS leave first, and your healers wait on the inside until your invincibility mm-hmm. buff is off, and then you exit, all the other six will have that haste and attack buff from her drain. Okay. So mm-hmm. I like that. There, there's more elements to it than we see necessarily on the surface. I have a feeling there's gonna be like landmines in the way and shit and savage or take the wrong path or and then no. there's gonna be multiple. Di- I don't think it's no. gonna be random, but I think there's gonna be multiple no. different types. Oh, no. um, no. multiple, no. multiple different types of uh of uh of those of those panels right there. Mm. I, I All can't. The panels, the panels are fun. Not just the both. Of, I mean the, the, I mean
2: the layout of this, the desert. Oh, no, if we're still
1: talking about that. No. Yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. There, there'll be a pit. There'll be one that leads you to your fucking doom.
0: Like, yeah, one of the islands gonna... insta-kills you.
1: Yeah, you just go down and just, just, just fall in. In. Oh, ant, yeah,
0: ant, lo- ant lions like jump up out of the sand and kill you if you hover over them or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't it's wait. Ridiculous. I can't wait for that on Savage. The panels were like, cool, too, though. Like
1: yeah, the panel, Mario, in terms of... Was, oh, good. Sorry. It looks like a Super Mario 64 zone. It is Super Mario. 64, yeah, so. like I keep waiting for like a
2: Koopa to jump out and like beat me. You,
1: you keep waiting for the sun to come out the sky and try to chase you.
2: Oh, I don't like it. I don't like it.
1: <laughs> I'm not. Looking what if we? What if we see different zones, different escape games?
2: That doesn't make it better.
1: <laughs> I just, you just don't like the escape game. Period. Yeah, I know? just uh, I don't
2: have a concept. I'm too fucking lazy to solve a fucking logic puzzle in the middle of a fight. You one lately. that never changes. I don't care. Just let me. Just let me wait. Did it never change? change? I mean, it's
1: right. the
0: exact.
2: It was the It's the exact.
1: You can end okay. up on
0: one of two different islands, but mm-hmm. it's still yeah, always man. the same exact path.
1: Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. But yeah, um, that and then the panels. I think in Savage, the uh, the um, the actual game panels that you step on will. We talked about this earlier, Mike. I think we think the same thing. They'll change color. Mm -hmm. So you step on one and you kind of have to time it right to step on the right one. So (laughs) it's going to be a fucking Yeah,
0: you're talking about the ones that protect you from the rocks that come up from the ground, Mm -hmm. right? Where it's just the straight line through. Mm -hmm. I also think there's going to be, like, here's the thing. We have the frog. We have the rolls. And you have the safe zones. I, there's mm-hmm. definitely going to be more than those three existing. It's not just going to be those three yeah. like switching around or moving like mid encounter or stuff like that. What there's going to be like.
2: Those, sort of they
0: could just stick anything's face on a fucking platform. And that's it, or true. what if, like, for all we fucking know, maybe the fight looks at your job composition and eight of those panels, each one of them represents the fucking job that you're playing. Who the fuck knows? That'd it, cool. <laughs> yeah, that would be and cool. And you got to fucking like find that. the panel. And then you re- realize you ran four bards and you all run to the same one and die. Right, there you go. Feels bad, man. Yeah. Yeah. Or the, and or maybe there's one where it's like one two like one two three and you need one person on one two person on one three people on one or like you uh, they name exact numbers like there's all we kinds figured of
1: out names. that we can't do fucking numbers <laughs> no.
0: So I and then it. you get race panels if it's a makote panel or fucking uh, alarong panel <laughs> no
1: there's
0: so many possible no. things you could do no. with that fucking encounter. Halakarnassus so is the racist. Play, so basically. I expect that fight to be full of fuckery. I expect all of these fights to be full of fuckery. I'm excited <laughs> for it. I'm looking forward to it. I think Halakarnassus was a lot of fun. And then even just the march forward and back, that's probably the mechanic that kills people more than anything. It's fucking all running in one direction, and everyone's, like, like mm-hmm. looking in different directions. The person with the split damage, AoE runs off into the corner and, like, see ya. That was always pretty funny. And then it's yeah, both healers, and you're good. fucked. Mm-hmm. There you go. Oh, you look way too excited about that at this. Well, my feels getting fucked. Yeah. That's like my favorite part
2: of the fight. <laughs> it's hilarious.
0: And finally, we have X Death. Big Daddy, Big Tree, X Death.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, sir.
0: Who uh, is very akin to Alexander <laughs> normal, where he's like not, I feel like Halicarnassus was the more difficult one, like the same way uh, Cruise Chaser was more difficult than Alexander, even in normal mode. Uh, yeah, that's
1: reasonable. Yeah.
0: Um, He's pretty straightforward, but he has some interesting. You could fall off. (laughs) Yeah. In the second half, you could fall off. Mm -hmm. Faces are dangerous. Nobody knows how to see AOE's that are invisible. Don't touch the black holes. And have fun figure that out. Mm -hmm.
2: Did you touch the black hole?
0: I did on purpose once.
2: I don't know what they do. They
0: they do like they do like thirty thousand damage, give you a vault stack. Oh, Okay,
2: that's not so bad.
1: Yeah, yeah nice. and, and I never touched a black hole. And then you're
0: going to learn how many AoEs he can really do back-to-back. So I think that the AO, the back-to-back AoE thing is actually a callback to his encounter with Golov when Golov goes like Super Saiyan, in a sense, because he basically chain-cast spells back-to-back-to-back-to-back on him. I'm sorry, no, that's Golbez. No, I'm, thinking of, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of the wrong person. Yeah, that's Baz. the wrong game. Yeah, that's Golbez. <laughs> well, technically, X-Death has, a, has something like that with Golov. It's just not the same in a sense, but the one yeah, I'm thinking yeah, yeah, yeah. of is Golbez versus uh, what's his name um, Tella. This is the one I was yeah. thinking of. Okay. Yeah, the old man. Yeah, but he goes nuts. He just goes fucking completely insane, and uh, it's a lot of fun. And I think that's I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to Neo X Death on Savage. Overall, yeah, going to be great Savage. I loved this on normal. I could, I could, I could enjoy running this again.
2: Yeah, it's actually going to be fun doing every week. I think more so than, let's see. I mean, the the Alexander uh, Midas and um, Creator, I think I only ran the normal ones once and I was like, I'm not doing this every week. This fucking sucks.
0: <laughs> it probably doesn't help that EO crafted gear and Savage available right at the same time, which yeah, may change not. our perspective on the, the 05 through 12.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but this, I think, could be quite fun running every week. What about you,
1: Slide? I'm kinda looking I'm just moving forward looking forward to uh, EX. Um, would I mind doing this every week? Sure, why not? I need the gear. They're fun fights. And mm-hmm. more fun than uh, what what we've had so far in uh, Alexander. More fun yeah. well Dude, minus normal was pretty good.
3: Well, but
1: yeah, well, Really? Yeah,
0: dude, the fucking gauntlet fight against against the four robots, brute justice. Oh, even A set even A7 normal was pretty well done. Mm. A five normal was also alright. Just slapping bombs everywhere.
1: But all in all, I do I do think that these are some of the funnest fights in a raid tier that I've pretty much ever seen. I just want I just want an escape I just want a escape done uh escape game dungeon that's all i want a whole dungeon. Hall of that's the,
0: just escape games
1: yeah we've had hall of the novice part two at this they can do an escape dungeon barnum hard mode will have an escape dungeon i'm telling you right now you, you don't think so barnum hard mode will have um hall of the novice two well three It'll be hall of the intermediate and then and then and then um your last boss would be an escape. Item.
3: No. Okay.
0: I like that. Just all that, and then no. No. <laughs> no. Sorry. As long as I can escape Blitzball, that's all that matters. Don't want it. Don't want it. Never want it. All right. So I think that covers all the major things. There's obviously side stories, job quests, which we've only touched upon a few of them. But we'll be here all fucking day if we have to do all that shit. So. I think three hours into the show we can fucking call it.
3: Yeah,
1: there were so many side quests I wanted to talk about
0: too. No, no, we're still we'll running. No. Well, yeah, we're we're huh? three hours into this, and now that the spoilers are now that there's no spoilers, any show. Like for all I know, next week we could have Xeno on and be like, So Zeno, what do you think about the side quest in uh in the fucking no, exa- step? Really? No, but you could bring it up at guys. any point.
2: AOZV is gonna have a lot of side quests talk.
0: Oh yeah, I'm God. well aware. Because, especially because I know all Ephesus has to do is, is watch my screen for two seconds, see how many unfinished ones there are, and go like...
2: That one, that one, that one. I'll get <laughs> questions from that one, that one, that one. That one, that one.
0: But, but on that note, I think we can finally wrap up the show, get some food, relax, do what we need to do, and, uh, and reconvene mm. next week. Well, Ephesus won't, I mean, but you know he, uh, he'll, be, he'll be here eventually. He'll come back again at some point. You never know. You never know when. So Ethis, why don't you uh,
2: tell everyone where they can find your face? You can find oh, you can find my face. Not in the Escape Dungeon. Never in the Escape Dungeon. You yeah. can find my face on uh, twitch.tv slash Ethis where I stream five nights a week. Lots of Final Fantasy XIV, not surprisingly, and occasionally some other things. Uh, you can find my voice, but rarely my face, on youtube.com slash Ethis and you can find my shit posting on uh, Twitter at ffxiv. Those are the places. And then the there's
0: match. and then there's Sly. Sly's up next.
1: You can find me on Twitch.tv/slash/slide aka Gray Fox. You can find me on Twitter at Slide Fox. You can find me on uh, instagram Sly, aka Gray Fox Fox07. You can find me on Facebook. That's a.k.a. Gray Fox. You can find me on YouTube. YouTube.com slash The Room. You can find me on 14, but not PS4 14 anymore. The PC boys. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Still uses a PS4 controller, but that's acceptable. Yeah, yeah. I still use this PS4. I know plenty of people who play
1: PS4 controllers on PC perfectly all right uh, again again the, the, the dumb shit i do is whenever i want to type somebody i reach for this fucking P, ps4 uh keyboard so right over that here Plug that
0: shit put it in the closet you don't need it anymore yeah I, yeah who the fuck are you Not typing good. to on gran turismo so like you don't fucking need it anymore
1: servers when summer servers come out you, you can't type so yeah there you go i'll keep it and mike where can they find you you can find me pretty much
0: everywhere, Mr. Happy1227, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. You can also find me being mercilessly slaughtered by my fellow, by my, my fellow free company members, th- rescuing me into every fucking mechanic in Sasano Extreme. <laughs> Soon to be rescuing me into every single mechanic in Lakshmi, in Omega Normal, and in Omega Savage. Rejoice. Um, they literally, every time they're doing a primal farm now, they're like, hey! Would any uh, monks of any particular kind be interested in running some content? Any in uh, particular? No. Someone else will raise their hand and be like, not you. So, uh, yeah. I'm going to die a lot more. And the sad thing is, a lot of people liked it. In fact, a few thousand, tens of thousands of people liked it. <laughs> and they want to see me die more. And I wish I, had, I, wish I, hadn't, wish I hadn't done that. <laughs> Which it's my own fault. I, I brought this upon myself, unfortunately. All right, well, on that note, uh, we're going to move over into a very short post-show. I'm going to eat dinner, get working on Omega Normal Guides, and I think we can call that a wrap. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Next week, will be Bully of the Realm. Zeno Woo. will be joining us to talk about his preparations for Savage, his thoughts on the Woo. recent, uh, you know, obviously the tank changes and Stormblood, and uh, just to get his overall thoughts on Stormblood thus far and what his, uh, his hopes are for things like Super Savage and whatnot. So... Enjoy that show next week. We will see you then. And until then, take care.
1: Bye. See you
3: next week.
0: Hey. Hey. All right, we had a few subs and cheers, so thank you.